Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Bat Around. I'm your host, Paul Valley. He is my co-host and producer extraordinaire, Zachary Allen Goodman, fresh off seeing Bruce Springsteen with a yes, 10-year-old sir. boy in a Saquon that, Barkley wow, jersey. Wow, that sounded so weird. That, <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> way, that is not what happened. <laughs> that's what he just told me. He uh, said, no, I was here, there, and there was a happened. 10-year-old boy in a Saquon Barkley jersey. The, Paul said, uh, <laughs> very explicitly, Paul said, there was a lot of people there uh, who were over 50. And I said, well, actually, there was a kid behind me in a Saquon Barkley jersey because it was in New York City. Uh, actually, it was, it was in the Meadowlands, but basically New York City. And uh, the kid knew every word to every song. So it wasn't only me. I was far from the youngest person in that stadium last night. Far from it. So Zach said to me that he's like, I can't imagine that anybody actually hates Bruce Springsteen as much as you hate Bruce Springsteen. I said, I don't hate Bruce Springsteen. No, I know. I just think it's absurd that his fans have a cult following. By the way, completely unrelated, well, kind of related, you had a, a music reference coming up in today's show notes that I saw and I just got really confused about. It's a Papa Roach reference. Oh, yeah. Anyway, ha- hang on. I'm waiting for that. Yeah, so... you got to explain yourself. Uh, no, I don't. It's the name of a song by Papa Roach. Oh, okay. Got it, got it, got it. Okay. Because <laughs> I, was, I was so confused. I was a- like, what? Explanation done. Okay. Uh, um. Anyway, he was like, well, it was a sold-out show. I'm like, yeah, well, no S, it was a sold-out show. There's got to be 150 million 50-plus-year-olds well, in this country, well, and they all love Bruce Springsteen. And they all live in New Jersey. <laughs> and one 22-year-old who loves Bruce Springsteen, apparently one 10-year-old in a Saquon Barkley jersey who loves Bruce Springsteen. I, yeah. So Zach goes, Zach goes to the Meadowlands last night to watch Bruce Springsteen. Hey, while you were there, um, did you see the Orioles' bats because well, I, their, their, their bats have to have been left. I caught up on the condensed game this morning, so I, I do know what happened. Their, their bats had to have been left in the Meadowlands because they weren't in Arizona last night. That's for damn sure. Before we get into that, I want to remind you, today's show is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer. The Toyota T- Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. So check out buyatoyota.com for details on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Um, yeah, Orioles, they sucked last night. There's no getting around it. They, they, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. They sucked. They've been sucking offensively against some really bad pitchers. And we're going to get into that here in a minute. To explain um, my reference, there is a okay. Orioles banter is called Papa Rotation. The, the A-C-H is in parentheses in between the R-O and the T okay. in rotation. And it says, Who Do You Trust? Which is a song by Papa Roach. Okay. And it's because the Orioles rotation, they have three pitchers that you can trust, and then three pitchers where you're like, well... Well, now that I know that Who You Trust is a Papa Roach song, that makes a lot more sense. But I was really confused. I was reading through it. I was like, this guy must just really wanted to put Papa Roach in the <laughs> Orioles notes somewhere. I do Me, know you like Papa Roach. I do, I do know that. I... So I was never a huge... The, Papa oh, Roach, I thought you were. Papa Roach has some good songs. They do. And, and is it like you, a he or a they? They. Okay. They're a band. Got it. They're got it, they're got a it. band. Their front man isn't named. I've like, heard, I've heard uh, of them isn't plenty named of times, sure. Papa Roach. Okay. Um, just <laughs> like Hootie and the Blowfish, Darius Rucker isn't Hootie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> um, but the, I saw them live at a Shinedown concert uh, back in 2019 with my now wife and her father. 
And they opened, so it was Asking Alexandria, and then it was uh, Papa Roach before Shinedown was, who headlined. And, um, man, Papa Roach, they, they just put on a good show. Mm-hmm. The show was awesome. Better than Limp Biscuit, or, you know, about the Different. same? Limp Biscuit was wildly ent- entertaining for the funniest of reasons. Okay. Whereas... Papa Roach was wildly entertaining because they just put on a really good show. They had oh, a, they nice. had a they had a light show. The lead singer was like walking through like every section of the crowd while singing. That's awesome. It, it dude, it was it was freaking awesome. He was like right next to me at one point singing. I almost dropped an f bomb on the show just now. It was a great show, and it made me respect them so much more. So all right, and they've been around forever, and they still put out bangers. I think you know maybe maybe you think it's douchey to like Papa Roach. I don't know. I mean, I don't they're, know enough about him to say that. They're 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 a good alternative rock rap metal band. See, I, when I think of them, I always think I was going to say rap metal is probably more the uh, the term I would use rather than alternative. But I don't know. I I think of I don't know Coldplay as alternative. I I don't know. I, I don't think of them in the same I way. I guess. I see when I see when I was a kid, my favorite band was Incubus. Still is my favorite yes, band. Yeah. And Incubus was described as alternative rock metal. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. I don't put Coldplay and Incubus in the same No. No. So when I think of alternative, I think of like nineties rock. I don't think of nineties grunge, I think of like nineties okay. rock. And Papa Roach was huge. It, like 99 fair like, enough fair enough yeah don't 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 you hurry me on my own i'm not show. hurrying you. i will sit here and talk I, about papa roach incubus i am and, glad ew, to hear play. about your music taste uh, uh, cold play yeah uh, I, all damn day if i want to. you know what it's not the bat around it's the beat around and we're just gonna nah, talk good. about that's music good. all freaking day because zach goodman just tried to hurry me on my Limp own show. show the bat around with paul valley bro that's true yeah bro that's, I, anyway i'm not, I'm not actually I'm, I'm not actually mad um so yeah, the Orioles last night, they, they, they just sucked. They they take a one nothing lead in the first inning, and then four pitches into the bottom of the first inning, it's four it's two to one. Yeah. Uh Cole Irvin gives up a base hit on the first pitch of the game, three pitches later, gives up a two run homer, and the D backs never looked back. Here's the thing that I want to know. Cole Irvin, he goes five and two thirds innings. He gives up four earned runs on two two run homers. The Orioles just got done done away by former Orioles farmhands. Christian Walker, a two-run homer. Yeah. Zach yeah. Davies, six innings, a four-hit baseball uh, with six strikeouts, one walk, and one earned run. And Zach Davies has always been a good pitcher. He's sure. been hurt all, like basically all year. Apparently his last start before this one was pretty good too. So the ERA approaching seven was kind of an anomaly. Uh, just, uh, just a few outings that he just hadn't been good in and out of a handful of outings all season. Yeah. So I can give that to him. But I, sure. in my notes, I have Irvin. Five and two-thirds innings pitch, four and runs. O'Hearn, two for four, two RBIs. Gunner, two for four, two runs. Rest of the offense, S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S. Mm-hmm. Uh, but actually, written out. I put Irvin sucked. Hyde trusting him <laughs> sucked. But the end of, at the end of the day, the offense did not give him any wiggle room. I think this is more or less what you expect from Cole Irvin. I think four earned runs over about five to six innings is about what well, you can realistically so, expect. I, I'm not mad at it. I just don't think it's competitive. Well, for I'm not team. mad at that. I'm mad at, okay, he gave up a two-run homer four pitches into the game. Sure, yeah, right? no doubt. And then he gets through the fifth inning without giving up anything else. Mm-hmm. He's been going five innings every other start, right? Mm-hmm. Why on earth would you trust him to come back out for the sixth? Why on earth... Would you trust him after giving up a leadoff double that was absolutely torched? Yeah, yeah. Then well, he gives I, up. Then he gives up the two-run homer. Then he puts the next guy on base. Sure. And you're still trusting him. Now look, he gets a ground. He gets a double play 
Uh, and then um, Joey Crable comes in and gets a strikeout to end the inning. But t- to me, it's an undeserved long leash for Cole Irvin. He's been more bad than good yeah. this year. And you know that that home run ball, because he's a fly ball pitcher who doesn't throw hard, uh, he's got a, he's in the strike zone often. You're playing with fire. Yeah. You're absolutely playing with fire. Now, here's the thing. Just like on Wednesday when the Orioles scored four runs in the first inning and then scored one more run the rest of the game, you score a run in the first inning and you score one more the rest of the game. You cannot be that bad. Yeah. Your offense cannot struggle that badly, especially now that we're into September. You had two guys that showed up last night. And I get it. Zach Davies has been a good pitcher throughout his career. He's not overpowering. He's a bit of a junk baller. Yeah. But he hasn't been good this year. Yeah. You've got to do your job. And then to top it off, the Diamondbacks have the 25th best, have the 25th ranked bullpen in all of baseball out of 30 teams. Yeah. There's only five teams in baseball that are worse than them. And you score one run off that bullpen. In what four in, in in three innings, but you get you get one run. The offense has from one of the two guys that showed up, right? One of the two and, guys. and you have to you you've got to be better than that. I'm going to go into my notes here with for that I have for Stan. The Orioles bats have been struggling against pitchers having subpar seasons recently. One run on four hits off Davies in six innings. Four runs off Dylan Cease in the first on Wednesday. He gives up one run over the next five innings after yeah. that. One rough off Schultons, who had just given up three home runs to the A's in his previous start. Look, he's having a, a solid season. His ERA is three ninety seven. Sure, But Oakland has the worst offense in baseball. You right. can't muster more than one run off of Schultons. The game before that, one run on three hits off Ty Block, another former Oriole who, who just dominated them over seven innings. The game before that, Chris Flexen, two earned runs, lowered his season ERA to six. And then three earned runs and six innings off Kyle Freeland that lowered his ERA to five. Yeah. Yep. The Orioles are facing bad pitching. Now, look, they they won the series against Kansas City. They won the series against the Chicago White yep. Sox. But it's a little bit like kissing your sister because it's... You, have you never heard that? I've heard that. I just didn't expect that in that it's, situation. But, 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 that, but that's what it's like. Go. You win the first two games. Yeah, we won the series. And then you lose yeah. in, in really bad fashion. The, the the Sunday game against the Royals, Ryan O'Hearn hits a pinch hit two run homer in the top in the bottom of the eighth inning, or I'm sorry, the bottom of the ninth. It was the bottom of the ninth to tie. Was it? No, I, I, it was the bottom of the eighth. It was the eighth. It was yeah. in the bottom of the eighth to tie the game, and in the top of the ninth, Gunnar Henderson makes an error and the guy ends up scoring. Yeah, and you lose that ball game. By the way, three. B- besides the the double play that Gunnar Henderson turned last night from tracking that pop up, which we Stan and I talked about a lot, we weren't sure how good and, and experienced Gunnar Henderson was with that. He proved us both wrong last night. Over the shoulder basket catch mm-hmm. turns the double play, but outside of that play, it hasn't been a good defensive week for the Orioles. Yeah, uh, not a good defensive day for Ramon Arias yesterday. Not a good day for him at all. He got uh, doubled off, you know, not really reading the ball correctly. Corbin Carroll's fast, and he called a ball that he probably shouldn't have, and a lot of other guys wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. But not a good game for Ramon Arias. He did reach base twice. He did reach base. That's fair. Hit um, walk, but I, I still think for me. Uh, they need to have a better and more cleaned up defensive game, especially with the guys you have. You yeah. have so many experienced guys out there. Ramon being a gold glover. Um, I, I think Gunner's still coming into his own defensively. I mean, we've seen him make some great plays. We've seen him make some not-so-great plays this season. I think it's just 
the product of being a guy who is well under 25 years old and still has, you know, a development to, to go. And I, th I think sometimes people forget that and expect too great of things out of a guy like that. But look, uh, the Orioles need to clean up their defense if they want to win ball games, and certainly need to hit a lot more than they did last night. That's for yeah, sure. I yeah. mean, you, you can't really say, oh, Cole Irvin was, was horrible if you're not even going to score more than he actually gave up. So it's just it's it's just a rough uh, a rough way to end the week. Well, yeah, and. So you you lose that game on Sunday four to three, you lose the game on Wednesday where you score four runs in the first inning. All you have to do if you're Kyle Gibson is put up a quality start. Yeah, that's all you have to do. The the, the if you watch that first inning, the White Sox gave up. It was some of the worst fundamental baseball I have watched all season. Yeah. They've given up in a lot of games, and the White they, Sox. They were ready to roll over and die. Yep. All you have to do is go one, two, three, or at least, even if you put guys on base, not give up runs in the top of the second inning. And what does Kyle Gibson do? Gives up two two-run homers and he immediately tie, lets him tie the game back yeah. up in the blink of an eye. He gives you five, four innings of seven-run ball. Mm -hmm. That is awful. Tyrannous. It's not going to win All anything. All you have to do is do what the bullpen did. Give us five innings of three-run ball. Yeah. And the Orioles probably win that game. Right. But on the flip side, the Orioles scored four in the first and then one run the, re the rest of the way. One run the rest of the way. You've got to be better than that. Definitely. And you win the series. And look, you want to win the series. That's 667 ball. You want to win series. And yep. that's what the Orioles are doing. But now you put yourself behind the eight ball in the series against Arizona. Who's going today? Is it Grayson or, or is it Kramer? Uh, I got to check. I believe it's Kramer. I think it's Kramer going today. Look, you have your three best pitchers going in the next three games, but you've got to. You, you've got. Tampa Bay somehow isn't going anywhere. It's actually Braddish today. Braddish today. Yeah. All right, so you got you got your best pitcher going today. Then you that means you've got Grayson tomorrow, and then Kramer on Monday. I think it's actually switched because I think Grayson was just three days ago. But I'm going to check on that. No, Grayson was the first pitcher in the White Sox series. It is uh, actually Jack Flaherty tomorrow what, is the is, scheduled what, starter. What, what, so uh, well, that uh, makes Jack, sense. Cause Jack Flaherty's kind of screwed things up a little bit. Flaherty started on on Sunday, and people are giving Flaherty a lot more crap than he deserves. I, I'm totally with you. I'm totally with. I, I you saw the the account that we referenced last week, uh, ARBT, more refer mm -hmm. to it as. He had mentioned, and he or she, whoever it is, had mentioned that Flaherty was uh, faking it or something like that, and just kind of uh, having anger issues about the situation or what. He kind of alluded to that about what situation about the Flaherty situation a, a couple weeks ago about giving himself 11 days in between starts okay. about that situation. Um, and he was saying it was, it was, there was more to the story basically than we heard and, and the media reported, but we have no idea. I, I have you know, no idea what you're talking about. When, when they I'll said read the that, tweet. I'll read this week. Okay. Um, but either way, like, like you don't have to win these games, but you kind of do. Tampa Bay has lost four fifths of their starting rotation. Their best player is gone for the foreseeable future. He's definitely not playing again this year. And, Yet they're still only a game and a half back, and the Orioles are playing phenomenal baseball. They, yes. they it went eighteen and nine yeah. in August. Sure, it, it, their toughest schedule of the season, and they go eighteen and nine. It, they they're playing phenomenal baseball, and yet Tampa Bay is right there. So you you do need to win these games. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. So uh, ARBT said, hopefully Jack Flaherty doesn't have a general soreness temper tantrum and get put in timeout for two weeks again. That was the tweet. So. 
again, it, it alludes to that there's more to the story, and he had some kind of temper tantrum. The Orioles didn't like that. I, I don't know. And again, we don't really know how legitimate this source is, but it seems like he's gotten a lot of stuff right in the past. But the point is, and, and is that Jack Flaherty had 11 days rest in, between, mm-hmm. in between his starts, and the schedule's now kind of a little bit messed up because of that. But that's well, the point. Uh, so he went six innings of one run ball, five and two thirds innings of three run ball. Then he gives up seven runs and three and a third, right? Then he comes out and he goes, pitches into the six and gives up three runs. Mm-hmm. So in three of his four outings, he's given you, he's pitched into the sixth inning and give you, given you three runs or less, which you would sign up for in blood. Sure. With this Orioles bullpen, and the, the Orioles are like seventh in baseball in runs per game. So the people saying, oh, Flaherty, you can't, why can't you trust Flaherty? He's been good three of his four starts. I think he's getting a lot of the the hate that Cole Irvin probably deserves, uh, you know, over the past. I, Irvin's pitched okay, but he hasn't necessarily given you length, and he hasn't necessarily. And Kyle Gibson, for the same, uh, you know, really for the same argument, has given you not very many innings lately. And I think right now, I really believe with the Orioles' offense being as good as it is, and certainly not last night, that wouldn't show you that. But I think that length is really the most important thing as we move towards the playoffs because you've got to save the bullpen, especially mm-hmm. now without your number one guy in the back of that bullpen you you need every single piece you can get so i think length is really important for every Orioles starter and, right and now. you know we're going to get into that further Orioles banter today is who do you trust and um yeah we're going to talk about that rotation um in depth because there's three good guys one fringe guy and then two guys who you can't trust anymore right and then you see what john means is doing in in the um it, down in norfolk yeah. He's about ready to come back. I'd like to see his a- his average velo on his fastball. That's go what up. I was going to mention. Um, but we'll we'll get into that. We have an entire segment. We don't have a second guest today. It's Stan at in a matter of minutes, and then after Stan, it's this was just a show today where we reached out to a couple of guys. They couldn't do it. And I said, you know what? We haven't had a show in a long time sure. where we just uh, shot the s for an hour. So that's what we're going to do. Um, so that's what we're going to do in the second uh, in the second hour of today's show. Uh, Rays, like I said, they lost. O's didn't lose any ground. I want to talk a little bit about the Angels because you've loved hating on the Angels the last month. <laughs> I do love so. it. I, I love um, it. They waived Renato Lopez and Lucas Giolito, who they yeah. traded for mm-hmm. um, at the deadline. They waived Matt Moore, Dominic Leone, Hunter Renfro, and Randall Gritchick. And they did all of this to get under the collective bargaining threshold. Or is it collect- no, the competitive balance threshold. Is that correct? I believe that's correct. I didn't actually hear that, but that sounds right, given the CBA. And the CBA, yeah. I was talking to a friend who's very plugged in, knows a lot of this stuff, and he said that the CBA has, that the new one they put out, what, year and a half ago, two years ago now, really made the conditions perfect for a sell-off like the Angels made. So yeah. that, that seems to be the case. And it's um, it's a situation where they they realized, like, they were under 500. They were, like, six games under 500 when they decided to go for it yeah. at the deadline. Right. And now they're, like, 10 games under 500. Otani has a torn UCL. Um, not going to pitch probably for two years. Yeah, exactly. Not, two year and a half. A year and a half. He won't pitch till 2025, yeah. probably. Um, and even then, he's going to be limited to yeah. start the season, at least. Um, so, there's that. Mike Trout comes back for one day and then goes back on the IL. Yeah. And the guys that they've traded for are now waived and, and playing for other teams. Um, you look at the Guardians. They claim Lucas Giolito, 
uh, Matt Moore, and Reynaldo Lopez. The Reds claim Hunter Renfro, and the Mariners claim Leon. So Randall Gritchick, the only one who hasn't been claimed. Did he pass through waivers then? I don't know. Maybe I don't, the I, Orioles I, claimed him so I, they can I, stop beating him. I mean, certainly hope Toronto isn't the, uh, it, you know, it doesn't take him back or someone it, else in the AL East. It would make sense for the Orioles to claim him. They are going to L.A. right after the, the yeah. Arizona <laughs> yeah. series, and they don't want Randall Gritchick in that lineup. You do so not want Randall it, Gritchick it would, in that lineup. It would make sense. Is this worse than tanking? These guys who are legitimate contributing big league players. Well, again, it's they call up Nolan Shanuel mm-hmm. uh, as we as we talked about on the show in depth, and he's hitting two ninety three. But they did that in an effort to win, and that's mm-hmm. what I did my sounding off on a few weeks ago. They did that because they said, "Okay, we didn't trade Otani, we traded for all these guys, Giolito, Lopez, whoever else, and we want to go for it." And then now a complete 180 once again. And maybe sort of, again, because of the conditions of the CBA, maybe a more forced 180 than they could have expected. But you go out and you trade for all of these guys, and then two or three weeks later, they're gone. Yeah. And it's just like, what are you doing? Like, look, well, look, look, that, look around at the past two months of Angels baseball and just say, what in the world is happening? Look, at around, look around at the last 10 years. Now, well, that, that's fair. Baseball. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, they drafted 20 pitchers I, in, know, a 20, in a 20 round draft they, a couple they, of years they did, ago. They did do that. And again, to your point, uh, Shanoel is, is having a lot of success so far. He's been good. Zach Neto, who they brought up a lot earlier than I would have probably recommended as as and not not that i'm anyone special but uh you're special they 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 brought up him a lot earlier than anyone could have thought he's done fine it's not about that it's about the constant flip-flop of winning to not winning to winning to not winning and at the end of the day they never really do anything with that plan and that formula so it's just frustrating to watch and you know giolito not really that good of a pitcher anymore i like ronaldo lopez i think he's a valuable piece well, and Giolito's not bad. It's not I, bad. I, you put him, you put, you put Giolito on the Orioles. I have no doubts he could be good. Maybe. I mean, with Chris Holt and everything that they have, I have, I have the, no the d- infrastructure in the pitching department. Sure. He's not that far removed from some really good seasons. Yeah. I, I think prior to 2022, I picked him to win the Cy Young. Bernardo Lopez had thrown 13 games for the Angels and had put up a 2.770 array. Yeah. Like, the guy's a good reliever. Mm-hmm. Always has been. Yeah, I mean, that's Just like what, head scratcher. What is that like? Three runs in twelve innings or something like that. That is four runs in thirteen innings. So okay. that's that's pretty good. That's yeah. Pretty good math. Um, the Guardians five games out in the Central. Mm-hmm. They get Giolito. They get Lopez. They get more. Yep. I have never believed in the Twins. I think the Twins suck, and the the, the Guardians they've just so underperformed in my yeah. opinion this year. Do you think that the Guardians can play enough inspired baseball this month to catch the Twins and win that division? I'll be honest, I don't. I, I don't see it. Um, I think the hitting is so weak in Cleveland, and the pitching's been weaker than expected as well. There's been some guys who have been really good since the All-Star break. It's actually been a little bit of a trend upwards for the Guardians since the All-Star break, where they've been better than expected pitching-wise. Um, and Noah Syndergaard you know, had been certainly not pitching so well since they made the trade for him. He got uh, DFA'd. He's now gone. Uh, but I think the, the, the Cleveland pitching staff has come around a little bit. There's no bats. They're, they yeah. just don't hit. They don't. Josh Bell has been... You know he's he's gone now, uh, but he was way worse than expected. Most of the lineup was far worse than expected. Uh, but How's you're Stephen not, Kwan doing this year? I don't know. I, I think he's not nearly as good as last year's, is my guess. But I'll I'll put in a uh, I'll put in a Google search for that, and we'll we'll get the numbers. But no, I'll, I, just, I'll just find it on here. I think there's been the some numbers. drastic unperform underperformances for Cleveland, and again that that led them to shipping off Josh Bell and doing some other things at the deadline. Again, they're they're kind of in a situation where I'm confused as to whether they're you know really trying to compete or not and i think at this point in the weak division you're in it's going to be 
probably somewhat hard to, to overcome the Twins, even though it's a weak division. So, Stephen Kwan, OPS plus 101. He's got a 3.7 war, uh, 271 uh, with a 337 OBP, 378 slugging, 714 OPS, um, 17 stolen bases. I guess a lot of his war is because of his defense. Um, not great, not terrible either. Um, 3.7 war, that's a good season. Yeah, that's no, a good it's season. no doubt a good season, but I, the offense hasn't necessarily been quite. I mean, one one OPS basically league average. So. Yeah, he's basically a league average hitter a year after hitting two ninety eight with a three seventy three seventy three OBP and a one twenty five OPS plus. Um, but really, if you look up and down the lineup, Josh Naylor, he's on the injured list. Jose Ramirez has been outside of Josh Naylor, the really only productive hitter in that major yeah. league lineup. Bo Naylor, who's been a top 100 prospect for God knows how long, it's been a really long time now, has come up and played 49 games. His OBP is 292. Yeah. So it just, it's been a really underperforming year for Cleveland. And you've got a lot of injuries that have happened to them. Uh, Tanner Bybee's been really good as a rookie. And again, the pitching staff has really kind of found. A, a new life uh, since the, the All-Star break, but I, I don't have the confidence they're going to overcome the Twins. I think they will. Okay. That's going to be my bold prediction today is that the the, the, the Guardians sure. are somehow going to play Inspire Baseball in September. Because I remember September of 2017, they won 22 games in a row or some something they, they ridiculous well like that. They I remember well they could. won their 22nd game in a row, I believe, on my uh, birthday that okay. year. Um I think that they can get hot and come back and, and win that division because it's it's there for the taking, man. The Twins aren't any good. I mean, I, I, I do think the unfortunate part is, for the Twins and the Guardians, is that they just don't stack up with anyone else in the AL. They just don't. They're going to probably have to face the, the Rangers, the Astros, the Orioles, the Rays. These teams are all better by yeah. a, oh. wide, a wide margin. So it's going to be, even if you make the playoffs, it's kind of just... You know, like it was like the Ravens a few years ago when they made the playoffs as a, as a wild card team, and in, in I think twenty one it was. And we're like, well, you know, there's there's not really not so, not really much upward here. Cleveland's got a three game series with Minnesota. You want to get Stan on the line while we're doing? I this? can do so. Uh, Cleveland's got a three game series starting on Labor Day with Minnesota. Uh, then they go out to play the Angels. They go to play the Giants. They play Texas. They go to play Kansas City. They've got a stretch here where they can really uh, do some work get back into this division. Second place right now, five games out. If they, if they sweep Minnesota, it's anybody's ball game after that. LA's not any good. San Francisco's been really struggling. Texas has been really struggling, but they're still good. Kansas City's awful. Um, and I've, I'm, I'm looking at this schedule for Cleveland, and outside of playing Texas and Baltimore, because, again, they, they've got three with Minnesota starting on Labor Day, and they've got three at the Giants who have been really bad um, recently. Recently, They've won four games out of 16 prior to their most recent run. Um, then they have three at home against Texas and three in Kansas City, four uh, at home against Baltimore, two in Cincinnati. Then they end the season with three at Detroit. They've got an opportunity here. That Orioles-Cleveland series will probably be more interesting than people expect because, yeah. again, the pitching hasn't been so bad for Cleveland as of late. So that'll be interesting. And the Orioles could be looking to clinch the division by then right? Um, or right. get back in the division depending on how you're looking at things. And Cleveland could be fighting to get to win their division at yeah. that point. It could sure. be a really, really fun late September series. Um, with, I mean, not with that in mind because we're not going to talk with Stan <laughs> about that, but we are going to talk with Stan the Fan who is on the line now. Stan, good morning. How are you today? Good morning, Zach and Paul. How are you guys? We're doing well, doing well, despite that uh, pretty ugly performance from the Orioles last night. Stan, um, 
Orioles against the Diamondbacks. Cole Irving goes five and two-thirds innings, four earned runs on two two-run homers. The Orioles had a one nothing lead going to the bottom of the first and four pitches into that half inning. They're down two to one. Now, Irvin settled down after they didn't give anything up through the fifth inning, then comes out, gives up the leadoff double, followed by the two-run homer by Christian Walker there in the sixth. Stan, do you think that Brandon High was playing with fire, bringing Cole Irvin back out for the sixth after he had shut the offense down after the first two batters of the game through five innings? Well, you know, um, that, that's, a, that's a call that now looks, uh, you know, it's a loaded question. In yeah. other words, it's pretty obvious he should have taken him out, but it wasn't that obvious at the time. Uh, I was a little nervous about that matchup, you know, with Walker, mm-hmm. uh, but not, not overly, you know. I think the, the larger story was how lethargic the offense was last night. It just was really... Uh, it was really ugly. Well, yeah, and, 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 and that's the thing, Stan. I put that in my notes for the introduction of the show today, is that, you know, Cole Irvin wasn't his best last night. Brandon Hyde maybe trusted him a little bit longer than he should have last night. But th- at the end of the day, outside of Gunnar Henderson and Ryan O'Hearn, the Orioles offense did nothing last night against a bad pitching staff and gave their 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 starting pitcher no wiggle room for error whatsoever. They ended up losing that ball game 4-2 to two because they didn't put the bat on the ball. And uh, at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. They they, they look like they had never seen uh, a uh, changeup last night. I mean, they were befuddled by Zach Davies. What was Davies' ERA coming into the game? It had to be wasn't it over five? No, it was it was approaching seven. I think it was like six, seven, three, something along those lines. It was that was really very very disappointing. You know. Yeah, it was I mean, a look. Cole Irvin is not a, a shutdown pitcher, but he gave them, he kept his team in the game and gave them a chance to win or be be more lively in that ball game. And I guess with such a small margin for error, we can we can revisit that whether Brandon Hyde should have taken him out or not. But I'm not sure it would have really mattered the way things yeah. were going. Yeah, Zach Davies' ERA was 6.93 entering the game, and after six innings yep. of one run ball, it's 6.45. So yeah, he um, not not good, not good. And the Orioles made him. Look I gotta tell you, the, the 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 this whole trip was made me nervous going back out. I, I can't recall ever seeing a team make two California, you know, West Coast swings in within this short of time. Yeah, before. and Brandon Hyde said I, that too. He said that the, the, the schedule I mean, makers didn't do them any favors. Nope. It, it might look on the schedule like, well, they're not playing the greatest teams in the world. You know, Arizona's been hot lately, and more importantly, the Angels have been awful lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's still, it still made me like feel like, you know, is this team going to go out there and be zombies? And uh, I, I feel like we'll get the answer to that more tonight than uh, we did last night. Well, yeah, tonight you've got the matchup where it's going to be uh, Kyle Bradish taking on, um, I've never heard of this guy, Sicconi, is that his name? C-E-C-C-O-N-I. 257 ERA, but I don't think he's pitched much this year because he only has nah, 14 he's, strikeouts. He's a recent, recent call-up by them, and I think he started one game gotcha. for them. And pitched, and pitched fairly well, you know, by so, that ERA. 
Well, Kyle Brash will hopefully keep them in the game, and hopefully the bats can get something going. Because Stan, like you said, the the the, um, the trip isn't doing them any favors. But on top of that, the, the Orioles bats have been struggling the last several games against uh, pitchers having subpar seasons. We already talked about one run on four hits off Davies in six innings, four runs off Dylan Cease in the first inning on. Uh, Wednesday, and then one run over the next five innings and the rest of the game. One run off Schultons, who had just given up three home runs to the A's in his previous start. One run on three hits off Ty Block in seven innings. Two earned runs off Chris yeah. Flexen, and three runs off Kyle Freeland in six innings. Why can't these these Orioles bats seem to hit pitchers who are not having good seasons recently? I, if I had the answer to that, I'd probably be working as Mike Elias's assistant. That's a good I, point. I really don't know. Yeah, I I don't know the answer to that from game to game. You know why why a team suddenly goes into a slump or or not? Uh, but it it's it's disconcerting. And I'll tell you who really has looked bad at the plate. Not to pick on one player, because he's he's had a an interesting season. It's been some trials and tribulations as Cedric Mullins. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's really looked uh, terrible lately. Yeah, he, he got that base hit last night in the ninth inning. Hopefully that uh, jump start, kick starts his uh, his season a little bit here. Because like you said, he's been, aside from that game in Seattle with the game-winning home run and the, uh, the leaping grab, he has not been good since coming off the IL again. And the Orioles would be a lot better if he starts swinging the bat. And to be perfectly honest with you, Adley needs to start swinging the bat a little bit better too. He had a nice little stretch there, but it's been more down than up for him in the last month or so, basically since the All-Star break. Uh, somebody who's not struggling, though, Stan, is Ryan O'Hearn. And he has the, the two RBI hits uh, last night. Really, he and Gunner are the only offensive um, performers last night. He's proven his worth time and time again this season. Stan, do you think Ryan O'Hearn is on this Orioles team in 2024? I don't think, I don't see much doubt about it right now. The combination of his performance and his uh, earning capability make him a prime keeper. I don't see any way he's not on the team next year. Yeah, and it it, it it makes sense. You've got some prospects who are potentially coming up in the next year or so, um, but Ryan O'Hearn has definitely proven that he's a valuable piece of this team. He's like this this year's version of Steve Pierce. He's been absolutely phenomenal since he came up, and you know, kudos that's to a him. Good, that's, a good, that's a good comparison. I mean, he's done exactly kind of what Pierce, and he surprisingly plays a, a really solid outfield. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, he's not... He's not going to win a gold glove out there, but he, it's not like you're, you know, you're freaked out when the ball's hit to him or something like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He's a good athlete and he's got, he's got surprising speed too. So a really nice season for him. And I think that the Orioles should reward him with another contract for next year. And I, I, I don't think we're, I think that that's something we're going to see happen now. Stan, the guy who I don't think is going to be here next year is Kyle Gibson. Uh, he's been very good at times, and he's been very bad at times. He's he pitched has the, my question is has he pitched his way off of this postseason roster after he was left off the Phillies postseason roster last year? I mean, you look at it, his ERA is suddenly above five, and he's put together some duds, especially in the second half. Yeah, that's uh, you know he's a he's a guy I really like on this team. I've had a couple conversations with him, and I don't talk about that much about having conversations. He's a very bright guy, but that that performance the other day was just, uh, uh, you know, there's nothing else to say, just abysmal. And he's thrown in 
a bunch of clunkers. I do not know right now whether, whether you know, that there's a reason they don't have to make that roster out until the very last minute, and uh, we'll see. You know, it would be very disappointing if he weren't on it. And I know Brandon would probably prefer to have him on it, mm-hmm. but he's got to have a he's got to have a usage uh, in mind for him. You know, in those short series, I don't know that you need four and five starters. You know, you know, you definitely don't need five starters, especially if a fifth one is pitching so poorly. Well, and I can envision because you know that your first three starters are going to be Bradish, Grayson, and Dean Kramer. You know that, and I, I think Jack Flaherty probably. Well, I don't know. He might have the leg up on the competition to be a fourth starter if they get to a seven-game series. Um, It could be Kyle Gibson, but a lot of that's going to have to do with who the Orioles are playing. And if they're playing the Rays or they're playing the Blue Jays in one of these series, I think Kyle Gibson will probably be on that roster because he's pitched so well against the AL East, and in particular, the Toronto Blue Jays. But uh, right now, he's... He's got to have his last four or five starts of this season, Stan. He's got to go out there and prove that he belongs, that he at least deserves consideration. Am I correct? Yeah. I mean, I I think the, the larger issue is who is the guy in the postseason that could get us through two and two-thirds innings, you know, to, to the, the bridge to getting to, uh, you know, Fuji and, uh, and uh, Webb and, and, the, and Cano. You know, is who can see an Al Perez who might factor in more in late late inning situations now, um, and and I you know to me and I've talked to you guys about this. I think in the playoffs, starting pitchers don't go six or seven innings. They just don't. They go like four and two thirds, five. There's no there's no thought of oh can we get him a win today? All of it's on the line in the playoffs, and a lot of times. You need, in my opinion, you need one pitcher to get you two and a third, two and two-thirds innings, uh, either holding a lead or holding a game where it's at. And Gibson could be could be that guy. Um, I've I've gone on the out on a limb and think that Grayson is that guy because again, the notion that Grayson Rodriguez in the playoffs is going to give you six or seven really great innings. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen to any of our guys. Yeah. You know? it's, this, is not, this is not an Orioles situation, by the way. This is a baseball, it's an endemic problem right now in baseball where these pitchers are just, look, I, you know, I always bring up a fantasy baseball uh, issue. I've got Bailey Ober of the Minnesota Twins, who was as good a starter from, say, May, May the 10th, Till August the 10th, and now he's back in the minor leagues. Uh, maybe more like August 1st. He's been awful, and it's the same thing that we worry about with Kramer, Bradish, Grayson. He's passed his innings situation. You know, it's not an automatic. It's not like suddenly it's a piece of equipment that is, as, is used past its uh, ability to be used. It's not automatic with every pitcher. But it's a situation you're seeing throughout baseball right now. Yeah, well, and and Stan, you you make a good point about Kyle Gibson. And while he was left off that Philadelphia Phillies ALDS roster, he pitched in the NLCS. He pitched in the World Series. He's pitched in three games in his three postseason games in his in his baseball career, and all three of them are in relief. 
So that's that's something to consider there uh, when you think about Kyle Gibson on this postseason roster. And it brings me to another guy who we could be talking about, and that's John Means, Stan, who has been pitching really well in the minors through five starts. His most recent outing for Norfolk, he goes five innings, allows one hit. Um, I I believe he struck out six in those five innings. His fastball topped out at 92.9 miles per hour, which makes me think, Stan, that maybe he's not quite ready yet because before the surgery he was he was topping out at 95, 96, and generally sitting 93, 94. John Means, is he a guy who you think the Orioles are going to consider as a bullpen option, or do you think that maybe down the stretch here he'll come up here and start for the Orioles and give them maybe be an opener for them and give them maybe three to five innings to, uh, to, before they get to somebody to bridge that gap? Uh, the rest of the season. Well, I've got to be uh, honest with you. I'm pretty astounded at the rapid progress he's making at this point in time. You mm-hmm. know, I've you you asked me a lot of questions over the course of uh, a baseball season, and I think about six weeks ago, I like poo pooed the fact that he would be a factor. You know, going down the stretch or in the postseason, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't see it happening. He's clearly exceeded. What I thought, you know, when he had that setback, I thought it was kind of like Katie bar the door for this season, and he'll, he'll be back next spring. He's pitching very, very well right now, and obviously it's going to be an all-hands-on-deck situation, uh, you know, and you just start to look for people who won't make this roster when you start adding the likes of him as a relief pitcher or perhaps uh, Gibson as a relief pitcher. It's it's it gets quite interesting, you know. I mean, the one good thing is you you can you can pace them a little bit by changing your roster from series to series. Sure. So you know uh, that that's something to keep an eye on as well. But he certainly looked very well, and you know the fact that he's throwing ninety two, ninety two to ninety three rather than ninety five ninety six doesn't scare me at all. When he was at his best. His fastball was not at its peak that it was that following year, mm-hmm. and that's where I thought he got into problems where he was a little too fast with his fastball, and he wasn't able to command the um, the changeup as well. Uh, so I, I don't have a fear about him not being up to full speed, so to speak, because I'm not sure that 95 is where I want him. I thought he was really terrific the season where he was averaging closer to 92 or 93. You know, Stan, that is an excellent point because I do remember watching him pitch in specifically in 2020 and when he came back after he started the year with the shoulder injury. He came back and he was yeah. throwing 95, 96, and it was like, man, he's he's really... I said, where is the, I said, where'd this guy come from? And then the results tended not to be nearly as good yeah. as they were the previous season. And he got so. hit he got hit around those first handful of starts and then his last four starts he was phenomenal. The last four starts yeah. of 2020, but he wasn't hitting 95-96. It's an excellent point that maybe he's not hitting 95-96 because it's not in his best interest to be the best pitcher he can be if he's going to throw that hard. It's a, that's an excellent throw, point. Throw it, throw it optimum velocity. Right. You know? Right. Maybe he's learned something, you know. Now, Stan, we know that the roster's fluid. The Orioles got to uh, expand it. Uh, every team in baseball got to expand to 28 players yesterday. The Orioles' extra two players are Joey Crable and Colton Kalzer. 
Are you surprised that those were the two guys that came up? Again, the roster's fluid, so they're certainly not permanent moves, but were you anticipating maybe they'd give Kerstad a look, or maybe it would be Tyler Wells that they'd be giving a look in that in, in uh, on the pitching side of things, or does this move kind of make sense to you? It made sense for me for this trip, you know, to have an extra an extra arm out in that bullpen in case you get a really terrible start by somebody and you weren't able to give you two and a third innings or something like that in a game that you've sort of I, I hate to talk about him like this because he's a he's a he's a useful major league pitcher, Joey mm-hmm. Crable. Uh, you know, he would probably be he could be a closer on a team if they expanded in the next two years. Joey Crable could probably end up a closer or a really important leverage reliever with a new team. But he he is what he is. But I think, you know, when you have a game and you're trying to save your bullpen, you know, the guys you really want out there, it's important to have a guy like him available to you. So do I think he's he's going to be on the roster a whole month? Not necessarily. Yeah, uh, to me, it makes sense to bring up the extra arm. He's pitched well in his limited time up here this year. Yeah, and, and he pitched well at the end of spring training. Got off to a slow start, but pitched well in spring at the end of spring training. Pitched well in Norfolk all year. He deserves the opportunity. Um, Colton Kalzer as well, getting another opportunity up here. I think the one of the reasons Kerstad, A, he's not on the 40-man roster. B, you don't want to start his clock too early. And C, he's been struggling the last few weeks down in Norfolk. So the promotion maybe doesn't make the most sense. Are you surprised that maybe it wasn't a Joey Ortiz for instead of a guy uh, like uh, Adam Frazier who's been... Uh, look, I, I gave Adam, Adam Frazier a lot of crap all season, Stan, but he's had some big hits, but none really since July. What else does Joey Ortiz have to do to get up here, even for the last month of the season? Um, it, it, you know, at a certain point, you have to, you have to trust, you have to have some trust in the people that are making these decisions. Mm-hmm. And you know, I got to give Mike Mike Elias pretty high grades on what he's done with this team. He and yes. and his, you know, I'm not going to second guess and nitpick, you know. Not, I'm not diminishing what Joey Ortiz. He's by all intents and purposes going to be a really fine major league player. I don't know if it's going to be with the Orioles or not, but uh, at this point in time, they've they've got they've got us to bring him up and then not play him is not doing him a real service. That's either. true. And I don't see where he'd play. Um, I, certainly at this point in time, I don't see him unless there was an injury to Adam Frazier. Playing, playing over Frazier, you know. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and I get that. And you also have to think doesn't about the mean fact- that Joey. That doesn't mean that Joey Ortiz isn't a better, you know, like you're saying you're crazy. He's a much better player than Adam Frazier. Adam Frazier's in the flow of playing with this team. Mm-hmm. He has gotten big hits uh, to toss him to the curb. I don't think would make a lot of sense yeah. right now. And they're not going to, right? He's he's a veteran presence. He's got playoff experience. He's a guy who is, um, you know, he's a left-handed bat that can play the infield for you, uh, that can hit against right-handed pitching. And what people don't talk about is the fact that, like you said, one, Frazier is a veteran who's been doing this, who's been in the flow with the team all season. And two, Joey Ortiz is right-handed. And how many right? I mean, if if how many right-handed infielders do you need? I'm not the biggest Adam Frazier fan. I wish his bat would have would have been playing a lot better uh, the last yeah, month I than it did. Too. I you, do too. 
Yeah. You know, but at the end of the day, he's a left-handed veteran presence who, you know, has the the postseason experience to maybe really help lead this team. Um, I do want to ask you, Stan, because uh, you were talking about Brandon Hyde and Mike Elias and the job that they've done. And last year, I was hypercritical of Brandon Hyde down the stretch. I felt like he lost some games with some managerial decisions down the stretch last year. Not thinking about the fact, you know what, this is his first big league managing job and his first big league managing job with a winning ball club. I think he's been far and away better this year. And every manager is going to have moments that you're going to nitpick at. But I, by and large, I think Brandon Hyde has had a tremendous season. I think he's going to win manager of the year. Um, but he and his entire rotation outside of Kyle Gibson, his entire roster outside of maybe a couple of players, has zero playoff experience. Do you think that that hurts the Orioles in the playoffs this year? Uh, you know, uh, overall, look, I'm as excited as you can be at 71 years old. You know, mm-hmm. I'm probably not as excited as I was when I was 35 years old or 30, 40 years old. I'm excited about this team. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be deeply disappointing or pointing fingers at the manager if we're not in the World Series sure. or win the World Series. You know, sure. I mean, we've had a, a very entertaining season, and I think most baseball observers would say that the Orioles are further along, that they're a year ahead of where they thought they'd be. You know, Agreed. that they thought they'd be. Um, so I'm not going to get down on it. I think he's had a, a marvelous season managing this team. I'm not 100% sure he'll win manager of the year or not. I think he's, I don't know exactly what the criteria are for voters, but I think he's had a, uh, an amazing season managing this team. And, yeah, do I have some nitpicking to do with him sometimes? But the older I've got, I've, I've, I've learned a, a valuable lesson in what I don't know. And uh, that's, you know, you know, that sometimes the, the guy I'm criticizing might know a hell of a lot more than me. He's there for a reason, right? I'm What's that? I say he's there for a reason, right? Yeah, he's there for a reason. I don't think he's going anywhere. You know, we've talked about this at different times during his tenure here, that would he be the guy that takes them to the promised land? You know, because a lot of times during a rebuild, the manager is the sacrificial guy. You see what happened in the rebuild in Chicago, where the owner thought he knew more than the baseball people, and put in Tony La Russa for two years, where he, his capabilities of manager were were shot. Uh, and then those two guys got fired, and now he's starting all the way back by making a tactical blunder, like getting rid of the guy, Rich Renteria, who would have been perfect to ride through the rebuild and, and had the relationships in that locker room. Tony La Russa at 77 years old, that was like an, one of the most idiotic things I've ever seen done. You know? Yeah. It yeah. was just awful. And, and, and now and La Russa's like back. Sort of jetis- and sort of jettisoning Brandon at some point now because he's not the, the guy. 
uh, would be a huge, huge mistake, in oh, my opinion. No, I, and I absolutely think he's earned the right to be here and earned the right to see this thing through to a, cha- to a potential championship run, and that could I be... Think he's earned the, I think he's earned the right to have, a, like, a three- or four-year contract to do that. To, yeah, he, he's... Yeah. I mean, for all we know, that championship run could be this season. They've, they've had the best record in the American League for quite a while now, and I'm just... Yeah. I, I wonder if it's the lack of experience that could end up being the Orioles' downfall in the postseason this year, or maybe they don't have a downfall. Maybe they win the whole thing. We have no idea. Yep. That's um, what that, makes it exciting. Now, Stan, before we let you go, the Angels made waves with the waves that they made. Um, they waved Renato Lopez, Lopez and Lucas Giolito like three and a half weeks after trading for them at the deadline. Waved Matt Moore, Dominic Leone, Hunter Renfro, and Randall Gritchick to get under the, the um, uh, collective bargaining threshold or competitive balance threshold. I can't remember which one it is. Um, is, in your opinion, is this worse than tanking? Are you okay with them getting rid of these six players who are contributing legitimate big league players? And how could this team have possibly thought that that, that just adding the guys that they added was going to put them on a, on a playoff run? Well, uh, there, there's the poster child for dysfunction, which I gave, I gave you one example of dysfunction is when the owner overrides the general manager, mm-hmm. you know, in Chicago. This this situation, what Artie Moreno kind of, uh, how he handled this was about as poor as anything I've ever seen. Uh, the, you know, and I heard Jim, I'm not saying I knew this for a fact, Jim Bowden did one of his CBS commentaries, or not commentaries, his Q&A, with a guy in the studio asking him questions via Zoom. And he really, because general managers or ex-general managers don't really like to criticize other general managers, mm-hmm. but he really he really tore into the angels. Not so much Manasian, Perry Manasian, the general manager, but said he is, the, the fact that they gave up two of their top five prospects in that deal with the White Sox, and then turn around and 30 days later, they just give the players away. That's awful. It's just absolutely awful. And it's all born of Moreno butting his head in. He's a a terrible owner, uh, and I hate to bring up the name Peter Angelos, but I will. He's, He's every bit what's wrong with the way Peter operated is the way that Artie Moreno operates there. You know, it's yeah. just uh, just just absolutely terrible to give away two prime prospects for that that uh, a group of players from the White Sox and think that was going to be enough to. Well, they didn't think that was enough. They went out and made they made they made moves. They were like schizophrenic the way they were making moves. <laughs> it was absolutely crazy. Yeah, you know, they picked up. In fairness, they did have injuries, but they picked up one day it was Mustakas. Then they picked up another infielder. Then they picked up another infielder. And all at the expense of playing Rengifo, who's been one of his best players down the stretch, you know, Phil Nevin. Nevin's part of the problem there, too. He's not going to survive either. Yeah. It, it, but I don't, I don't think, think Manasian will, will survive either. I think Moreno will, will jettison the whole bunch. I think Manasian has to be out. Immediately. I mean, after what they did at the deadline, how they've handled prospects in the past three years, it's been just a train wreck. It's been a, he's been absolutely. But you know what you don't know is, you know, a lot of people, you know, look, Dan Duquette was, was basically blackballed 
out of baseball for mm-hmm. like 10, 10 or 11 years. Uh, and, and he's a very quirky guy. And Peter got him. And do you think that if, if by luck, Dan Duquette had, had had John Angelos as his general manager, he would have been the same general manager? I think he would have been much, much bolder and able to accomplish things if, if he knew that my owner was giving me the money I needed to start a Latin American you know, academy. He was going to really invest in Latin America. He was not going to butt in at every trade I make. Yeah, he was going to set the budget. So sometimes we can say the Manasian's terrible when really it's the fact that uh, Artie Moreno is terrible to work for. Yeah, so, and Misery you know. loves company. Now, At least in, it's not in, the or- just in, the Orioles. In fairness, Manasian will probably never general manager be a, a general manager again. That's not to say he couldn't have been under the right circumstances. Yeah, and th- he was given a, a ton of talent to uh, to to make things work there, and they weren't able to get it done. This, but talk about snake bitten franchise. The last ten years, just been yeah. awful for that, that Angels organization. Now, Stan, some of the one of the teams that reaped the benefits of that uh, fire sale from the uh, from the Angels was the Cleveland Guardians. They claimed Lucas Giolito, Matt Moore, and Reynaldo Lopez. The starting in September now, Stan, the Guardians are just five games back. In the American League Central, they've got two more games uh, at home against Tampa Bay, who is not the team that they were to start the year. Then they have three at home of the big series against the Twins before going to the West Coast to face L.A. and San Francisco. Do you think with those three additions and with the Cleveland Guardians pedigree and Terry Francona's pedigree that they have an opportunity where they could go and win the AL Central in this final month of the season? It's a... It's a possibility. I'd, I'd really like to also know not just who they play, but who the Twins are playing. Sure. And I don't have that in front of me right now. I I still tend to think that it's not enough. I'm a real – I love Terry Francona, and you guys don't know this. When the Orioles hired Lee Mazzilli, I was the one person in town, and I didn't have the bully pulpit that I have now because I'd been let go in radio and I'd moved to – North Carolina, but I was trying to stay in the media a little bit, and I was begging them to sign Terry Francona in Baltimore. This mm-hmm. is, you know, after he was let go by the Phillies, and they they were blown away by Lee Mazzilli in the uh, managerial search process. Yeah. Um, so I'm a huge Terry Francona fan. I don't know exactly how much he's got left in the tank right now. Yeah, he you seems know, to have medical issues gonna, every year too. Yeah, yeah. Um, this will probably be the last time you see him manage, and maybe he'll rise to the occasion. I love the guy. I think he's. A tre- I don't know him, never met him, but I think he's a tremendous manager. Well, I'll tell you, the Twins' schedule is pretty, pretty soft. They've got uh, two more with Texas, then the three in Cleveland. They've got the Mets, the Rays, the White Sox, the Reds, the Angels, the A's and the Rockies to finish the season. It's a pretty soft schedule for the Twins, so maybe it's uh, too little too late for the Cleveland Guardians. Well, those games, against, those games against the Rays and the Reds, and you mentioned one other team in there that's not a, a walkover. So, but, but the finish with the Rockies, and who was the other the, team you the, said? The Angels, the, Angels yeah, that, the A's, and the Rockies to finish. Yeah, that's, that's pretty soft. 
I, yeah. I would. My money would be on the Twins. Yeah, mine too. Now that I'm looking at what their schedule looks like. All right, Sam, what do you got coming up this week? Good, it's a good. It's a good talking point, but I, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, you got. Uh, don't have a guest set for next week on the Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday Zoom, but I have um, uh, Luke and Ross and I will be together. I'm going to talk to them today. Monday is Labor Day, so I don't think we're going to do a show on Labor Day. Sure. And i got to talk to them because the Orioles will be playing later. I thought maybe we'd do our Zoom later, like at like 8 o'clock, so it would be almost like an Oriole pregame type of thing. Yeah. We'll see. Okay. So I'll let Glenn know, and I'll be uh, tweeting it or Xing it and uh, Facebooking it. All right? Sounds good, Sam. We'll talk to you next Saturday, and we'll have a little bit of football talk about next saturday as yep. well so I'll talk to you then yep. have a great have week a great, have, a, have a great holiday weekend both of you guys you All too right? see you stan that was stan the fan charles who has changed up the format for his weekly shows now every monday at 6 p.m stan will be joined by former orioles pitcher ross grimsley and press boxes managing editor luke jackson to break down the latest with the birds every thursday night stan and gary stein will chat with a different newsmaker from the world of sports this week stan was joined by dr sandy siegel to discuss the annual zero prostate cancer run and walk you can watch the shows live at facebook.com slash press box or find them the next day at pressboxonline.com slash video and youtube.com slash pressboxonline. So join Stan, Ross, and Luke uh, every Monday night, but not this Monday night because it is the Labor Day holiday. Zach, do you have a sounding off segment today? Oh, so I clear my throat. No, I do not have a sounding off segment today, and I, I was going to come up with something that actually you ended up talking about in baseball banter, so uh, we'll kind of cover that then. Okay, so um, also wanted to... Um, Normally, this would be the day that we would do your power rankings. It's the first Saturday so, in September. We'll, we'll push let, that off till next Saturday? Right, because that's what we did in August last time. So okay. I wanted to not do them so close together. We'll do it the next show. All right, September. so September 9th, we yes. will be doing the... I think we did it the 16th last in, in August. We did a little late for some reason. I'm not sure why. No, might, no the 16th... Maybe was, I, it was like a Wednesday. Oh, was it? Um, the, <laughs> I don't know. It wasn't, and the, it wasn't 19th, the first Saturday. I, was, I missed because of the medical emergency. So I, gotcha. think, I think it was the 12th that we did it. It was probably the 12th. Yeah, I, something I, I like think that. it was the 12th. That sounds so, right. All right. Well, then we are going to catch our first break when we come back in the payoff pitch around the league. That's next on the Battle Round. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code PRESSBOX23. So bet with the best and use promo code PRESSBOX23 this football season with Superbook. Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches. And top it off with a rich, hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. 
Visit Harford County this fall. Celebrate Arts Across Harford September 15th through the 30th with dance, theater, music, and visual arts. September 29th through October 1st is the largest Italian festival in Maryland, featuring entertainment, cooking demonstrations, a bocce tournament, and family fun. If you're headed to the Maryland Five Star, stay and play in Harford County. While you're there, enjoy the scenic views atop the king and queen seats and experience pumpkin patches, corn mazes, and fall brews along their Harford Libation Trail. For more info, head to visit Harford.com. Maryland Open. Picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food. Check. Quality of service. Check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the boxes. The Maryland Five Star returns to iconic Fair Hill October 19th to 22nd, marking the next chapter in Maryland's equestrian tradition. Best described as the triathlon of horse eventing, you won't want to miss this thrilling sport. Enjoy a fall festival with local fair, retail vendors, and tons of family fun. Come for the event and stay for the experience in Cecil County, home to the Chesapeake Bay waterfront with vibrant small towns and accommodations to suit every desire. It's the place to be in October. Visit Maryland5star.us for tickets. Join Pressbox's fantasy football expert Joe Serpico and the rest of our Glenn Clark Radio gang at Sports and Social inside Live Casino Maryland Thursday, September 7th for the pro football season opener between Detroit and Kansas City. We will be there 7 p.m. where Joe Serpico will help you nail this fantasy football season. Just come by and Joe will consult you on your lineup, who to sit, who to start, who to target for in a trade, and who to pick up off waivers. Plus, we'll try to help you win some money as we watch the game. So join us for the season opener, improve your fantasy team, and have a great time at Live Casino and Hotels Sports and Social. Welcome back into the Bat Around. Today's show brought to you by Live Casino, Maryland Sports. Uh, Press Box will be live at Live Casino, uh, Maryland Sports and Social for the opening of pro football season next Thursday starting at 7 p.m. There's prizes, fun, the Detroit-Kansas City matchup, and a chance to get some help with your fantasy team from fantasy football expert Joe Serpico. So we will see you at Sports and Social to watch the kickoff of the new season. What do you think about that, man? Do you think Detroit has a shot to take uh, down Kansas City? I, I think they've got a pretty solid squad out there do? in Detroit. I, Dude, they, they played know. really well down the stretch last year. Jared Goff looked like, looks like he was reborn. I don't know. That, that's what I was going to say. The I think defense is pretty a, solid. A squad led by Jared Goff, I can't really put a lot of trust in. Jared Goff was at one time with you know Los Angeles was a pretty decent quarterback. Dude, he but won I, me I, a fantasy championship last year. He, well, I picked he, him up at the end of the year and he won me a fantasy championship. I think he's. A, I've had him in fantasy leagues in the past few years. He's a really good fantasy QB. I don't think he's a, a good real QB. Yeah. <laughs> um, and by the way, we have our draft. Is that tomorrow night? We tomorrow night at, yeah. at, at eight thirty. We can okay. do that while we're watching gonna, uh, I, LSU take on uh, Florida State. I really hope I don't forget. That's like seems like something I'm going to forget. So uh, I, dude, I, I'll, I need I'll, I need to. I'll someone send, send me a text. So, some, yeah, somebody's going to text well before the draft. Okay, good, like, good, hey, good, good. Hey, hey, keepers, you know. My my team last year was named the Mixon administration. We did quite well. And he, so even if I don't have, oh, I I need to, you know I need to give you keepers too. You already did. No, I didn't give you a third one though. I need to give you my. Third. You don't have to. You don't have to take keep oh, three guys. Oh, okay, 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 okay. I, I might not keep any, because the two guys I would keep were both um, third round picks for me last year. Well, one was a third round pick who I traded for 
and the other one is Nick Chubb. Oh, and man. so I, if I keep if I keep either one of them, they were my first round pick, and I have the number two pick in the draft this year. Yeah, but Nick Chubb, like, right? I'm not gonna keep one. I'm not gonna keep either one of them because I'm not using my but the second overall pick on Nick Chubb or J.K. Dobbins. No, certainly not Dobbins. I don't know. Chubb, Chubb's always a good fancy running back. I don't know if second overall pick wise. He's not. But yeah, he, he's always he's good. Still, he's still but, a good fancy. And he back. doesn't have. Um, he's. I mean, he's always the guy yeah. out there, but he he doesn't have. Um, well, I can picture a stupid face. The guy who hit the women and he got what, kicked. Kareem up. Hunt? Yes, Kareem Hunt. Thank hey, you. Kareem Hunt's a free agent, I believe, now. So no, he's yeah. with the Saints. Oh, with the Saints? Okay. He, I believe okay. he's with the Saints. Yeah. Um, anyway, now it's time for the payoff pitch round the league. Cole Irvin allowed a pair of two-run homers to Christian Walker and Lourdes Gurriel, while his counterpart Zach Davies struck out six over six innings of one-run balls. The Orioles fell flat against the D-backs, 4-2. to two. Cody Bellinger homered and drove in three, and Ian Happ added a homer and two ribs of his own to lead the Cubs over the Reds in game one of a doubleheader. In the nightcap, Bellinger homered again, but Nick Martini tied things up in the bottom of the ninth with a solo shot, and Noel V. Marte won it with an RBI single later in the frame to give the Reds a split of the doubleheader, 3-2. to two. The Marlins scored four runs in the top of the 11th, capped by a Garrett Hampson two-run homer as the Marlins took one from the Nationals 8-5. In the classic pitchers, Dole Tyler Glass now allowed three runs in seven innings, but Cal Quantrill was just a little bit better, allowing two runs on two hits in six innings to hand the Guardians a 3-2 victory over the Rays. Kodai Senga struck out 12 while allowing just one run in seven innings, while Logan Gilbert struck out nine in six and two-thirds innings in one on, of one-run ball himself, but Daniel Vogelbach singled home Francisco Lindor in the bottom of the eighth to lift the Mets over the Mariners 4-2. The Twins smacked three home runs between the seventh and eighth, and actually that was three to two, not four to two. Twins smacked three home runs between the seventh and eighth innings to account for all five of their runs as they shut down the Rangers five to one. Riley Green drove in two, and Jake Rogers collected three hits to lead the Tigers past the White Sox four to two. Aaron Judge, John Carlos Ten, and DJ LeMahieu each homered to remind Yankees fans of what, of what once was and what could have been in the six to two victory over the Astros. Bobby Witt Jr. and Salvador Perez combined for six hits, three home runs, and six RBIs in a, in a Royals 13-2 drubbing of the Red Sox. Trey Turner and Kyle Schwarber each homered. Zach Wheeler struck out 10 over six innings, a three-run ball, and yet the Phillies managed to lose to the Brewers 7-5. Some guy named Willie Adams homered, for the, homered in the victory. Willie Adams. Yep. Uh, Mitch Keller allowed one run and struck out eight in six innings, and the Pirates rallied for three runs in the top of the 10 to take down the Cardinals 4-2. The Blue Jays smacked nine extra base hits, and every starter recorded the hit as they won a slugfest with, with Colorado 13-9. Nolan Jones had three hits and three ribs in the loss. I love Nolan Jones. He was a guy I wanted the Orioles to trade for when they traded mm-hmm. Manny Machado, and he has been a stud yeah. for color. I love Nolan Jones. S. Jerry Ruiz doubled, homered, and sing- doubled, homered, singled, stole his 54th base, scored two runs, and drove in to lead the A's to a decisive victory of the eight over the Angels 9-2. Tatis doubled and homered, and Michael Walk allowed two runs in six innings to improve to 11-2 with a Padres 7-3 win against the Giants. That super talented team is 10 games below 500 after that win. What the hell happened? Bob Melvin's out there. What the hell happened in San Diego this year? I saw an article one by, I think it was a beat writer. It could have been a national guy. I'm not sure. But he said, there's one thing the Padres are really, really bad at, winning baseball games. Yeah, like just, that was they, the headline of the article. They're good at everything but winning games. It's yeah. ridiculous. And, and think of all the talent they have. And, and they've been relatively healthy, I think, for the most part. It's not like there's been any... I mean, there's been major injuries across the league for every team. But I, I don't remember... The Rays, for example, have played really well under really hard circumstances, and I don't feel yeah. like the Padres are in that boat at all. Like they, they have not had the circumstances I team mean, like the Rays has had. They, they've got Kim, who's got the highest WAR on the team. Fernando Tatis, yeah. Juan Soto, Manny Machado, um, and Soto's is, had is, a resurgence. Is, is, He's is, good again. Zan, Xander Bogarts. 
you Darvish, Michael Waka, uh, Joe Musgrove. Um, who's the other guy in their rotation who's who's um, uh, really shoved the sh- Blake Snell. I was going to say the lefty Blake Snell, but yeah, he, yeah. the lowest ERA in baseball. And h- how is that team ten games below five hundred? It, it could be, and my my dad always talks about this because he really believes in it that you stack too many superstars on the team together, they don't play in harmony. I maybe it could be that you know Juan Soto, Manny Machado, a lot of lot of personalities. That's big, true. Big name players, Fernando Tatis, always kind of a. I mean, does a lot of stuff that probably should, he shouldn't do. Um, you know, off the he's field, he's an idiot. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a little bit irresponsible, and and the team notices that for sure. I mean, they've talked to him about it. That's been documented. So, I, I don't know. It's a lot of conflicting personalities. I mean, even though Manny Machado isn't the, I don't know, the, the what he was when he was twenty three. He, I mean, who is? Yeah, well, sure, but I mean, he, except for you, you're not even twenty. I'm not even twenty. He's still got a really big personality. I and, think and he was. He sh- he 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 should have won MVP last year. Yeah, he was really really good. Really, like he was second in MVP voting last year. And finally, Ronald Acuna Jr. Homer doubled and stole his 63rd base. That's insane. While Marcelo Osuna homered amongst his three hits, and the Braves survived a late scare from the Dodgers to win six to three. That's all I got. What do you got on tap for us in Major League Baseball today, Zachary Allen? Goodman. All right, first game of the day. I will be there. Marlins and Nationals to be determined for the Marlins. Trevor Williams for the Nats. What time in is that DC. Game? That's a four o'clock game. I'll be there in time. Why are you going to the Nationals game? Well. Well, I, I I've been living down at DC for the past few months, uh, month now or so. so. You live in DC? I mostly live in DC. With Is my that where you're? Yes. You've already yeah. moved in with your girlfriend? No, so she's she's been there for a while, but I I'm there most of the time. So oh. yeah, I'm there most. Does of the time. she know that you're I, that I, you're saying on I the know, air that I, you live with her? She doesn't care. Um, I also go to school now down near DC, so it all works out. You perfectly. go to school in DC? What? Whoa, whoa, whoa. UMD. UMD. You knew this. I go to grad school at UMD now. I did not know that. You did know this. That's I a, did not know that. <laughs> That's bizarre. Insanity. Well, I guess I'll have to fill you in on like the past yeah, I, three I, months. I just learned so much about you. We, we just in, played golf like a month ago. And we, you we didn't talk about any of stuff. this. No, no. I mean, you may have mentioned grad school. I think you mentioned yeah. you were trying to go there, but it was super expensive. Oh, I got, well, it is. I didn't yeah, know you, I didn't know you got in. I didn't know that you were living with your girlfriend. Next yeah. break. Fill me in. All anyway. right. Angels, A's, Griffin Canning, Paul Blackburn, 407 Griffin at the Bass. Oakland Coliseum. Yeah, Griffin Bass. My dad said this morning, he was, I don't know why, but he was uh, listening to, well, I, should, I shouldn't I should say I don't know why. He was listening to Glenn the other day, and he said, what's Griffin's last name? And I was like, Bass. And he's like, oh, he's on Glenn's show, 1057 now. I'm like, Are we sure I think his that's name been, isn't Griffin B. Ass, and he just seems to Bass? I don't think it's that. <laughs> Zach Little goes for the Rays, Logan Allen for the Guardians. 610 at Progressive Field. Javier Assad goes for the Cubs. Andrew Abbott goes for the Reds. 640 at Great American Ballpark. Tanner Houck, Alec Marsh, Royals and Red Sox. 710 at Kauffman Stadium. Luis Castillo goes for the Mariners. David Peterson goes for the Mets. That's 710 at City Field. Reese Olsen goes for the Tigers. White Sox start Mike Clevenger. 710 at Guaranteed Rate. Yankees start Luis Severino. Hunter Brown goes for the Astros. 710 at Minute Maid Park. Thomas Hatch goes for the Pirates. Drew Rahm goes for the Cardinals. 715 at Bush Stadium. Dallas Keuchel goes for the Twins. I honestly had no idea Dallas Keuchel played for the Twins. Honestly, had no idea about that. He threw a George, one hitter like a week and a half ago. I did not hear that. Really? Yeah, because you've been too busy living in D.C. being all domesticated <laughs> and going to grad school I, I don't telling anybody. I, your I, par- I don't, do your well, parents know that you're down in they, D.C. going to grad school? They sure do. <laughs> uh, Jordan Montgomery goes for the Rangers. That's 715 in Arlington. Aaron Nola, Colin Rhea, I believe is how you pronounce that name. Brewers and Philly, 715 at American Family Field. 
Kyle Bradish goes against Slade Ciccioni, I believe it is. is. Is that correct, Paul? Ciccioni, Ciccini? I don't know how you say that exactly. I don't know. Orioles and D-backs, that's 8-10 at Chase Field. Orioles look to pick up a win after last night's loss. Yusei Kikuchi, Ty Black, Blue Jays, and Rockies, 8-10 at Coors Field. Kyle Harrison, Blake Snell, lefty-lefty matchup. Giants and Padres, that's 8-40 at Petco Park, NL West matchup. And then Bryce Elder, and to be determined, Braves and Dodgers, really good matchup at the last game of the day. That's at 9-10. I just got, like, Esto on by somebody on Twitter. I don't even, I don't know this, who this person is. All right, I'm going to check it out. Let's see what they, we got. I, I said I'm so unbelievably dumb with Adam Frazier. He shouldn't be on this team anymore. Oh, okay. Yeah, sounds like that's... And this person... That sounds like something something we get mad at, yeah. This person, Bernie, said... It puts up a gif that says... Or a meme that says, <laughs> Heartbreaking, the worst person you know just made a great point. I don't even oh, know... I don't even man. know this person. Also, I got attacked... The like, worst oh, person you know when you... <laughs> I, you, you don't know me, and yeah. I don't know you. Well, and if you're basing... Who I am as a person, based off of my baseball takes. The worst that are, person you know just made a great point. Th- that are you. My baseball takes are usually right. I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but it like, wasn't your best spelling of unbelievably though. It was a th- little bit of a <laughs> little bit of an error in a few places. Um, how did uh, <laughs> that had to have been autocorrect? Uh, unle- unbelievably, uh, unbelievably, unbelievably. I, I, I think that, that has to be a um, however an actual, an actual word because my phone loves to autocorrect actual words into words that gotcha, don't make gotcha. sense. I don't follow this guy. I don't know who this guy is. Nobody follows him. Who the hell is he? He, uh, he bought a blue check mark. He bought like if you bought a blue check mark, probably look in the mirror, bro. <laughs> also, I got attacked by some dude named Tyler Sperry. Oh, I saw this one. He he, uh, he, he, oh, yeah, he, he said that I'm up there with um Buster Only, Dan Clark yeah. and Jason Lock and Fora. Yeah. Um, and then he put a bunch of la- crying, laughing emojis when I said Santander. How mu- I love the guy, but he's been really bad since he also break. And then he hit a home run. And wasn't he- there a guy who, who put, uh, made a uh, Facebook account, Twitter account, said like Fall Valley or something? Vol, Vol Pally. <laughs> like I get, and, and and look, I get it when I mean, when, that- when you're outspoken about about the you're the always lo- going to get criticized. Team, sure. You're, you're going to get criticized, yeah. and it doesn't really bother me. It's just like I don't know these people. I've never interacted with you, yeah. and and you act like we know each other, and that we I, like have this grudge. And the funny thing is, um, these people would never say this stuff to my face. That's that's the funny thing. The people, correct. The, correct. These people would never say. Just like I'm, I'm playing in this in this fantasy football league with my buddy Josh. You've met Josh. Is this we, the same one I'm in, or not? no, a, a okay. different one? That he's it. he's commissioner of that league, and his buddy. He has one buddy who's like his his best friend, really really like little guy is in stature and as a human being, and um, he was engaged to this girl like twelve years Wait, ago. Wait, little guy as in like little character? Is that what you meant by Bo- that? It, it, okay, both. He's he's like five foot three, and he wow. is also like um, just not a great person. Okay, so like Jesus, I I I I dated this girl named Brittany, um. Back in 2010, 2011-ish, 2011, 2012-ish. Okay. And, if you're listening. <laughs> and she knows who she is. She and I have had... Oh, quite, yeah? We are as close as you can be to somebody with that you don't speak with anymore. And it's not that we don't talk. Um, every now and again, I'll be like, hey, just checking in on you, seeing how you're doing. She was one of my dad's patients. Really, really qu- high-quality, high-class human being. So more character than this guy. Okay. Yeah, and, and, when, and when she and I were together, more character than I had. I was not uh, I was not the greatest guy to her. Um, 
nothing like mean or anything like that. I just, there wasn't a spark there for me. We were better off as friends, but I, you know, I was, I was a 20 something douche. Um, <laughs> but he was engaged to her. Okay. Well before she and I ever dated, we met randomly one time at Silver Spring when they were engaged. Okay. I never talked about talked to her again. And then my dad happened to tell me, "Hey, this girl, she's really cute. Um, she's single now, you know." And it happened to be the same girl. So she and I dated on and off for several years. Um, and he was so upset about this that he made up stories about me. Oh, stories about me, and he. Um, told her one prime example my family owns a beach condo okay. in ocean city that's where i just got back from i was just on vacation down there he told this woman that i had a girl who i kept in that beach condo year round who i paid to live there and kept her there year round and hid her from her and that i was having a relationship with her um while i was down there like that, I would go down there sporadically. That she would live in my family's condo that every that gets used by different parts of our family on a week to week basis. Said that I had this woman living down there. Wow! Just made up. It, that was one of the stories. That, that was the most egregious story that he made up about me. He made up a lot of stories about me. But anyway, the that's whole, a little worse than more and more extreme than Volapali. Yeah. <laughs> the, this is the whole reason I bring it up is that he is in. We kind of squashed it, I guess, but I've never forgotten because I don't owe it to him I, yeah. I, to forgive him or forget. I just kind of let things go. Um, but he talks trash to me in this fantasy football league, and he auto-drafts his team almost every year. Okay. And then there's another guy who I don't even know who this guy is, and he talks trash to me every year because I pick Ravens players. That's the team mm-hmm. I know the most, so I, like, sure. I, I pick Ravens players. I haven't done anything egregious. Like I took Zay Flowers in the fourth or fifth round this year. I took OBJ because he was the best receiver available in like the eighth round. Um, and That's I, a good deal. That's a really good pick. Yeah. And I took J.K. Dobbins in the third round or third or fourth round because I think he's going to be a monster. Maybe maybe slight stretch, but it's still a good pick. Yeah, I, I good think pick. he's going to be a monster. And somebody took um, the Ravens defense in like the fifth or sixth round, and this guy was like, "Oh, I bet Paul's really upset." I'm like, "What the hell are you talking about?" And he's like, they, "Somebody just took the Ravens defense." I was like, "They're not even the best defense in the league this year." Like, and then he was like, "Don't worry, Justin Tucker's still available." And then Justin Tucker got taken like five <laughs> picks later. This guy just kept just crapping. I'm sitting there. On vacation, drafting, yeah. minding my own business, hanging out with my wife, and I'm just getting attacked by these guys. At your beach like, condo with the girl at, in the closet. Yeah, it might be. Oh, that, that girl still lives. Yeah. It's so funny that you said that because I said, I, when, when I heard about this, I said to Brittany, I was like, yes, she lives in the closet <laughs> in, 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 the, in the beach condo down there. She, when everybody else in my family's there, every other week that we I'm bring not her food there, twice a day. She, she lives in the. I said that. I was like, she lives in the closet and they feed her yeah. twice a day. Yep. Like, it's the most absurd thing ever. I told my wife about this on the beach and she was like, she like laughed hysterically. She's like, that's the most ridiculous you know, thing I've ever heard. There's a lot of wild things you can make up about someone. That might be one of the wildest. It was ridiculous. Like, that makes you, that makes you out to be like. An insane person, like was, way way worse than like anything else. He is insane. That's and, insane. And, and so like so like, whatever. I don't oh, I don't man. I don't think about this guy ever anymore. Yeah. But the fact that he talks trash <laughs> to me, it's like, bro, you're already on thin ice. And, and, and he's auto drafting. And, 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 and yeah. say that stuff to me to my face, just like this other guy whose name is I guess it's Corey. I don't know you. I, I don't know you. Was and, it Corey? And, and, I, think and it was... I don't egregiously take Ravens players. I take good Ravens players at the time that I think that they should be taken. Or if I want them, I might take them around early because I oh, want it's, them. It's, it's Bernie, by the way, so you were close. 
Um, <laughs> no, no, I'm talking about Corey, the, the, oh, other, the, oh, other, I, the other guy in this league. I thought you meant uh, the like, guy who tweeted you five seconds ago. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't know you. Yeah. You're talking trash to me like we're buddies. That's like, funny. like, like it could all be in good fun. I don't know you. If we've met, I don't remember you. Yeah. So we're not friends at all, and we're certainly not on a level where you can joke around with me like that. And I'm not, <laughs> and I'm just, oh, that guy. I don't know you. <laughs> I don't know you. I, These people that come at me, I don't know you. I will say a few weeks ago, you, you put in the uh, the fantasy chat, you were like, this is uh, Mr. and Mrs. Champion or whatever, Mr. and Mrs. Champion Valley. And I wanted to give you shit for that so bad. I really did, but I didn't. I, I held back. Um. Well... I won the league last I year. I know you did. And I, she won the league and the that's, year before that's that. That's why I held back. And the year before that, she lost in the championship to her brother. Um, I can tell. There was one guy who replied. He was, it was definitely like, oh, my God, this guy. Look at this guy. <laughs> oh, that was Tom. That <laughs> oh, was, oh Tom, Tom's like that. That's um, uh, um, thirst round pick on Twitter. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's that's Tom. I love Tom. Tom, Tom is... He, I don't know. I th- a lot of people don't like him. I think he's funny. I I, I love his... Uh, so you I, don't know him personally? He's just... I, no, I've met him. He was at okay. opening day with me back in 2019 with Laura and I. Um, I've met him a few times. He lives in Texas now. He's from here, but he lives in Texas. He he's from the same area as me, but a few years older. Um, I like Tom. I, I think Tom's funny. You know what I mean? So it's just so funny to me. Like people like I don't know you. I don't care about you. I don't think about you. And you just attack me when I'm just minding my own damn business. I can't wait to send a Ravens message like, in the middle and then, of the draft. And then Justin Tucker's still available. And then they're like, um, Oh, this is you remember the when the guy took the Ravens defense in the third round last year? Oh yeah. And then I he do. had and then he had the best record in the league. Yeah. He had the best yeah. record in the league and then ended up losing in the in the first <laughs> round of the playoffs. Well, because he got to keep Justin Jefferson because he, yeah. he he inherited somebody else's team and got to keep. It Justin was me Jefferson. and you in the final last year, by the way, wasn't it? I believe it was me and you. Yes, it was yeah. yeah. You and I were in the well, final and Laura finished in third place. I uh power couple. I'm gonna beat you this year. I'm going to beat you this year. Yeah, I, I don't think that's happening. I don't know, man. I'll, it could. Who the hell knows, man? I can't, I, I, just I don't taking like, Justin Tucker in the third it's, round. It's, I think, I think it's gonna... so random. Fantasy football yeah. is so random. Just Un- like this undoubtedly. whole conversation on the baseball show this lasted 15 minutes. Um, it, the, the fantasy football is so random, man. Like, I've had I had I've had teams where I drafted a bomb squad and then all of them got hurt and I ended up going two and ten. You know, it's it's really just a crapshoot. By the way, Ken Zalis texted me um, to join the the press box league, and I said, "Well, uh, I've already got like a bunch of fantasy leagues I've got to manage, so I had to tell him like I, I just don't think I want to manage another team." But Ken Zalis is really really good. He also at pl- fantasy football. He also plays in like twenty seven different yeah, fantasy he, football he leagues. He does. The draft is at ten thirty on Tuesday. I have a serious meeting at noon. Mm. Yeah, I don't think I'll be making that either. I so. I, I I might drop out. It's there's no money. The, I be, I be, I, the winner I, the winner gets nothing. I have to check, but I think I told him I'm out, so I don't know. But the, I, the the winner in this league gets nothing, and it's not that I, I like all the guys that are in the league, the guys that I know anyway. I like them all. Yeah. I like the competition. For sure. But if if you're drafting at 10:30 on a Tuesday, bro, I work. That's a little early, yeah, bro. Yeah. I, it's, and I, won't Glenn be here? Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's why he's doing it because he wants to have it be a segment on the show. Got it. Got I, it. That's I, that's. that's I work and I have a like legitimate meeting mm. from yeah. 12 to 2. On Tuesday. Gotcha. So, I mean, maybe I'll just make my first handful of picks and be like, hey, I'm, anything after 11.30, I'm auto-drafting. Yeah. Okay. But uh, anyway, back to, you know what? Let's take a break. Let's do it. Yeah, we've we been talking about nothing for, for 15, 20 minutes. Uh, today's show brought to you by... 
Press Box's Glenn Clark Radio, which is the definitive place to find the best daily discussion of Baltimore sports. You can watch the show every weekday from 10 to noon at youtube.com slash pressboxonline or facebook.com slash pressboxsports. Or you can listen to pressboxonline.com slash radio with podcasts available on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. You never know who might pop up on GCR. This week, the guys caught up with Orioles legends Greg Olson and Gary Renicky. I would have loved to have seen you try to pronounce Gary Renicky. Oh, I would have uh, gotten that. Harford County native and Giants first round pick Deontay Banks and White Sox slugger Baltimore native Gavin Sheets. You can find those interviews and more right now in the Glenn Clark Radio Week in review feature at PressBoxOnline.com. When we come back in, Orioles banter and baseball banter. That's next on the Bat Around. Visit Harford County this fall. Celebrate Arts Across Harford September 15th through the 30th with dance, theater, music, and visual arts. September 29th through October 1st is the largest Italian festival in Maryland, featuring entertainment, cooking demonstrations, a bocce tournament, and family fun. If you're headed to the Maryland Five Star, stay and play in Harford County. While you're there, enjoy the scenic views atop the king and queen seats and experience pumpkin patches, corn mazes, and fall brews along their Harford Life Trail. For more info, head to visit Harford.com. Maryland open. Join Pressbox's fantasy football expert Joe Serpico and the rest of our Glenn Clark Radio gang at Sports and Social inside Live Casino Maryland, Thursday, September 7th, for the pro football season opener between Detroit and Kansas City. We will be there 7 p.m. where Joe Serpico will help you nail this fantasy football season. Just come by and Joe will consult you on your lineup, who to sit, who to start, who to target for in a trade, and who to pick up off waivers. Plus, we'll try to help you win some money as we watch the game. So join us for the season opener, improve your fantasy team, and have a great time at Live Casino and Hotels, Sports and Social. It's a Maryland thing you wouldn't understand. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. Soak up summertime fun in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouth-watering eats, and endless entertainment. Cheer on the O's at Camden Yards. Pick crabs by the waterfront. Beat the heat inside a world-class museum and make memories that will last a lifetime. Go to Baltimore.org for more information and to plan your visit. America's biggest bike race returns to Maryland Sunday, September 3rd as 120 of the world's best cyclists race the Maryland Cycling Classic presented by United Healthcare. Come enjoy the free fan zones and festival with interactives, food, and drink beginning at noon. Then see the exciting race conclusion from 3 to 5 p.m. in the Inner Harbor. Come be loud, be proud, and let the world hear you. For more information, go to MarylandCyclingClassic.us. All Electronic Tolling is here to stay in Maryland, and DriveEasyMD.com helps you cruise a little easier. We're Maryland's tolling resource, home to EasyPass, pay-by-plate, and video tolling. It's never been easier to pay your way. DriveEasyMD.com will keep you moving. Picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food, check. Quality of service, check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the boxes. 
another exciting weekend of affordable family fun at Prince George's Stadium with the Bowie Bay Sox. Last weekend of the regular season kicks off on Friday the 8th with Adley Rutschman Night. Mystery Adley Rutschman giveaway items for the first 750 fans. Fireworks on Saturday with the return of our 1K beer run. See how fast you can complete the race while getting three beers down. And our Birdland celebration on Sunday. Free autograph items for the first 1,000 fans. Get your tickets now by calling 301-805-6000 or anytime online at BaySox.com. The Bowie Bay Sox, let us be your nine-inning vacation. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code PRESSBOX23. So bet with the best and use promo code PRESSBOX23 this football season with Superbook. Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Zach, just I'm about, to, I'm, I'm about to tell you a great story. The, the music, I'll save it for next time. The music's time. playing for us to come back in. I make a funny. Uh, it wasn't that funny, but I made a joke about Zach's it, actual middle name. It's yes. not. It's not Alan. It's, and it's not he, Alan. He, he he starts laughing. He's like, my. He starts to tell me the story. I'm like, we, oh, I we got a great one. We don't have time for a story. We're. I, back. I wish I could tell it on air, but I cannot tell it on air. <laughs> Those are the best stories, aren't they? Um. So today's segment for Orioles banter is Orioles Papa. Rotation. Who do you trust? That's just such a reach. Like, <laughs> have you ever seen the Orioles graphics where they? Um, I always remember the "Carry On My Wayward Son" with Mike Flanagan. He when he was broadcasting games, there was one. He was talking about one of the Orioles starting pitcher. I don't remember this. Maybe he was a. I can't remember what it was alluding to. But it was an Orioles starting pitcher in the game notes at the beginning when when the guy was warming up. It said "Carry On My Wayward Son." It's all the music references are random. But this one, you can change, right. You can, and you see a lot where they put like a lot of graphics in a lot of different sports programs where they have, in parentheses, in an actual word, something that makes it like a, the name of the band or the name of the song. Papa Roach has a song called Who Do You Trust? Yeah. And you look at this Orioles rotation, and who do you trust? You've got Kyle Bradish going today. You trust Kyle Bradish. He's been doing it long enough this year. He's got the yeah. second best ERA in the American League. Grayson Rodriguez. His ERA is sub three since coming up from the from the minors the second time. And around. he's faced good teams. I mean, yes, Dodgers faced, in there, are some good teams. Face really good teams, and he's pitched lights out. You trust him. Dean Kramer has a three five four ERA since the since the beginning of May. He's got a two and a half ERA, and the Orioles are nine and one in his last ten starts. Dean Kramer, you trust at this point. If you don't trust him, then you were just too snake bitten from something that happened five months ago. Yeah. Right. Um, I, I do. I mean, I, I trust him in the regular season. I want to see, especially with him. I think but, that but the playoffs the are going to be a little different. You can only trust these guys based off the regular season. That's because true. You don't have any evidence otherwise. Aside from yeah. Jack Flaherty and Kyle Gibson, none of these guys have yeah. postseason experience. I, I feel like Kyle Bradish has really pitched with the confidence that I look at him and I go, okay, I, I see a playoff, a, a positive playoff career in his future. I have When I look at Kyle Bradish and Grayson Rodriguez, I have confidence that those guys are going to go out there and shove every time. Every out. time. Every time. Every time. Out, I think you have two legitimate aces at the top of your rotation. Yeah. In Bra- And the thing is, we talked about this with Kyle Bradish. Mm-hmm. He had a 313 ERA. Uh, I'm sorry, a 323 ERA his last 13 starts last year. Yeah. 
and we said, I said, this guy could be your opening day starter. Yeah. Uh, in, in 2023, he wasn't. Um, but th- you're looking at, at what he did. And it's like he was really good and against really good teams. I mean, he he shut down the Houston Astros twice. Yeah. He went seven. I think he went eight innings of one run and no run ball against them. Um, in his two starts against them last year, he just shoved, shoved against the um, the St. Louis Cardinals in that May start where he struck out 11 and gave up two runs over seven innings. And that was against Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado, who finished one and three in National yep. MVP voting. Yep. Kyle Bradish had this written all over him. And I said it at the end of last year, I said at the beginning of this year, I think this dude is an ace in the making. And sure enough, he's an ace. I mean, he already is. Yeah, he's, he, he's already there. He's an ace. Grayson Rodriguez is going to be an ace if he isn't already. Dean Kramer, like, look, Dean Kramer still gives me pause because you can't forget about because sure. he was really bad in April. He's been really good since, but he has sprinkled in a six run outing, a five run outing. Yeah, there's I been a little bit more inconsistency. I, I don't, I, I don't trust him like I trust Bradish and Grayson, but I trust him enough that when he gets the ball, I have confidence that the Orioles have a good shot to win. Yeah, I mean, they're seventeen and four in those twenty one starts since the beginning of May. They're nine and one in his last ten starts. The guy wins. The Orioles win when he's on the mound. If you don't trust him now, you, but you're never going to trust him. And this is after last year when he had a three two one ERA. I, I I I am a big believer in Dean Kramer, even bigger believer in Kyle Bradish and Grayson Rodriguez. Jack Flaherty, it's there. Yeah, the stuff's there. It's there. He's got to put it together. And if what you saw from ARBT um, <laughs> on Twitter. Is accurate that he threw like a temper tantrum and rubbed yeah. the Orioles the wrong way, and so they sit him, they sat him, or pushed his start back. That gives you calls for concern. But if it, it very well could be the case, I, I think I, I did hear a few years ago there were some uh, issues with his, I guess, overall mental health and well being a lot of times, and I, I could see him. Um, and that's nothing to be you know ashamed about or whatever. If it's a mental health thing, that's a different thing, story. That's fine. But it's it was him getting angry and doing things like that. I, I did hear about that with the Cardinals a few years ago. So it could be the case, or it, it's possible that account is completely making that information up and they're just going off what was reported a few years ago. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, and a lot of a lot of accounts, um, we take what they say with a grain of salt. Yeah, definitely be- this guy. because a lot a lot of people will put things out there that as fact that's just their opinion. Yeah, right. And so it's um. That just is what it is. Because you, you but, can read into a situation however much you want, and you can report it as news, but since we don't know who this guy is or girl, we can't trust it. Yeah, and who do you trust? Um, and then, so, but Jack Flaherty and Kyle Gibson, I have confidence that those guys on any given start can go out there and get the job done. Yeah. Kyle Gibson, that trust is waning. It's been five straight not so great starts. I mean, you look at the, I guess seven runs, uh, seven, eight, seven innings, eight, three eight, runs. It was it was eight say. innings, eight innings of three run ball from from. You're right. I was actually looking yeah. at the one against the Mets five games ago, and yeah. that was the one I was referencing. Seven innings of three run ball. Right. Eight, eight innings of three run ball. More recently against the Blue Jays, the eight innings of three run ball. But those three runs came pretty early in the game, and you thought that maybe he didn't have yeah. it, and he settled in. If you're going up against the Toronto Blue Jays in the series. I think you have to have Kyle Bradish start because he's earned that because of just Agreed. how damn good he's been against the Blue Jays this year. Anybody else, I don't think he can make your postseason rotation. I, I agree with that. Um, Cole Irvin, I have not trusted him at any point this year. Anytime he goes out there and pitches well, I'm like, wow. The Orioles kind of uh, walked a tightrope on that one and came out on the other side. Yeah. I, I think you are playing with fire every time Cole Irvin takes the mound. And I want him to be good. I want him to have... He's an Oriole. I want him to have success. I just... 
I don't trust that he's ever going to. I'm more right. inclined to, th- to to see a start like last time and be like, that's, that's Cole Irvin, rather than the guy who went seven innings against um, the Twins, right? Or the guy who went six innings against, the, I think it was the Blue Jays. I, I don't... I don't trust. I don't think he's that guy right now. I don't think that he is a guy who should be part of a five-man rotation on a good team. Agreed. You know, last year he threw what 180 innings and he had a 3.98 ERA. Yeah. I remember one year David Hess had a 3.98 ERA, and that was because he put together a handful of really nice starts down the stretch. You can have a five, a four and a half to five ERA, and then put together five or six good good starts. Right. The last the last month of the season, and end up with a three nine. And, and the problem with Irvin is that you you saw it on the changeup that was hung last night for the home run. Uh, the stuff just isn't very good. No, that, that's the the overall problem. And when your stuff isn't very good, you've got to be pinpoint location and wise. He's and he's fly, really not. He's a fly ball pitcher. He is a fly ball pitcher. I trust him yep. more pitching in Camden Yards. Stuff hangs. Yeah, but the the fact of the matter is, he's got the pinpoint control. Sometimes, but sometimes, sometimes. Uh, more more so since he was brought back up. Yeah, At the beginning I mean, of the year it wasn't there. Well, again, in, in the condensed game, I was able to watch. There were some really quality strikes last night, mm-hmm. but then there were a lot of not very but the, quality. He strikes. throws a lot of strikes. Mm-hmm. He, he does. Fills up the zone. Stri- uh, he fills up the zone, and those that's going to get hit it, because his stuff isn't overpowered. Right. He's going to get hit. I mean, even ninety pinpointed on the outside corner. Some guys can just lay the bat out there, shoot it to the opposite field. In the gap, get a double out of that. If, I mean, it's not that hard to do. If he gets through a lineup twice in five innings and gives up two runs, you've won. Not yeah. the game, but yeah. you've won with him on by putting him on the mound. Get him out. Yep. He should not be facing a lineup a third time. Yep. Ever. Ever. If that guy gives you five innings of two-run ball, count your blessings, go to the bullpen. And the Orioles' bullpen right now is really freaking good. Yeah. They're really, really good. Go to the bullpen Count your blessings. Keep yourself in that game. If he doesn't come out for the sixth inning, that, that game's 2-2, and it's a different ball game going into the ninth inning last yeah. night. So, for me, I don't trust I don't trust Irvin. I don't think he's on the playoff roster. I don't either. I don't trust Gibson unless it's against the Blue Jays. And even then, the Blue Jays' offense is really good. Yeah. You know? Um, they can hurt you at any, any yeah, time. I, yeah, I, they can, and they can hurt anybody. Sure. Right? So, for me, it's Gibson can't be on, on the— uh, on a postseason roster. Irvin can't be on a postseason roster. Jack Flaherty, he's got to really come out here his last several starts for the Orioles and prove that he belongs. Um, and that sucks because he's a guy who you traded for at the deadline. And then um, yeah, uh, John Means down in, the, down in the minors. And Stan made an excellent point. 93 miles an hour, topping out at 93, basically 92.9. Um, Maybe it's because that's what makes him a better pitcher. It might be a good thing, sure. it, it, you yeah. know. And his changeup still—it it looks as deadly as ever. unbelievable. It looks yeah. as deadly as ever. I could see, uh, I could envision a scenario where John Means makes the Orioles postseason roster, and maybe his first start is in the postseason. Yeah, I, uh, I, I could I, very well. I yeah. I still think that they're going to bring him up before then, but maybe they just let him finish the season at Norfolk, and then he's already on your forty man, so he's postseason eligible. You can put him on your postseason roster, and he can get a start for it. Right. I, I see no way he comes back up, and immediately they say, okay, here's the start. I, I think it's going to be three bullpen games at least for him, where yeah. he, he comes out and works two or three but, innings. But I don't I don't know about that, because they've now you're deloading him, right? You're, I guess. You're, you're stretching yeah. him out. You threw 85 pitches, five innings, one hit the other day. Why are you ex- stretching him out to five, maybe six innings in his next start, or two starts from now? Just to bring him up and have him out of the bullpen. Okay, I, look, I, I think their their full intention is to have him be in their rotation. If he's replacing Cole Irvin, I say okay. Yeah, great. 
Yeah. You know, I, I think that's a very positive thing. And I, I don't know, again, we, we really don't know what to expect from John Means. I have no clue. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's a complete uh, box of chocolates, as, as Forrest Gump would say. I think we don't know what we're getting at all. However, there's probably more good out of it, a higher ceiling than what you're going to get with Cole Irvin. I think with Cole Irvin, you're, you're really getting most times four to six innings, well, three or four runs. I can also envision a scenario in which John Means comes up and is now your starter and you have Cole Irvin in your bullpen. Sure. To, to that take w- over, if, if or Tyler Wells, I just I I think you're more likely to see John Means and Tyler Wells on the postseason roster than Gibson and Irvin. Okay. You know, um, I think Gibson's going to be there. I really do. I I just think with with his experience, last well, he, year, he's he's going to be there because Brandon Hyde loves veterans. Yeah. And he's and look, it's close, but he's been more good than bad this year. I think he's second on the team in quality starts. He's also had 11 starts where he's given up four four runs or more. Um, but I think he's going to be there because he's a veteran presence who has experience. But I think he's going to be there as a, as a bullpen piece, not a rotation piece. And yeah. we've seen his entire postseason group, which is, consists of exactly three games. <laughs> 3.1 he, innings, yeah. He, he's come out of the bullpen each time. So I would expect that that's going to be the case for him again this year. I do think he's going to be on a postseason roster. If it were me, but I'm not the manager of the Baltimore Orioles, I wouldn't have him. And a, a really bad uh, introduction to the playoffs for him in 2019. Gave up three runs in one inning. Yeah. And, but then since ha- since then hasn't given up one any runs in his two innings yeah. of work. So not a really big sample size. Nothing really to go off of. But I want to say, you know, Gibson's been around a while. He was on some good Minnesota Twins teams. He was on good Phillies teams, even though he got left off the roster in some of those playoff situations. But I, I think that he uh, he's still better than what you have as far as playoff experience goes, even though it's not a lot. Yeah. So, look, it, 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 I think that it's a, a foregone conclusion that your postseason rotation is Bradish, Grayson, Kramer. And then when you get to when and if you get to a seven-game series, maybe it's John Means with Flaherty and Gibson in the bullpen. And, and maybe that's what you're looking at there. Um, I agree with Stan that they don't care about getting wins for pitchers yeah. in the postseason. But if your starting pitcher's really good, you're keeping them in for six innings. Yeah. You know, you're no you're not gonna take them out just because you like a matchup better in a close game if if if, if maybe you are, because Brandon Hyde does love to match up. And again, I'm not hating on Brandon Hyde by any stretch. I, I, I have come around this year. I think he's done a phenomenal job. He has done. It's, he, he, you, and you can't argue with it. It's he, undeniable the, based on yeah, the win the, number. They're eighty three and fifty one. Right. And he, I think he has been night and day better than he was last year. I agree. I, I think the pitching decisions ha- were my biggest complaint last year where I said, you know, you're taking guys out too early. You're not giving the bullpen mm-hmm. the correct amount of work. This year, I think it's been better, not perfect, and no one's ever perfect. You know, Bob what, Melvin, what, the best managers in the league aren't perfect. What by any he means. did in, on that September 7th game where Tyler Wells had been on the IL for six weeks, Dean Kramer had been shoving and was your best starting pitcher at that point and had just, in his previous start against the Blue Jays, had gone seven innings, a two-run ball, and he's supposed to start that night against Toronto, and instead he gives the start to, to Tyler Wells. I hated that. I thought that I was such too. A, I thought that was such a too. terrible move, and that was, to me that was just mag. It, it, was, it was one of the many boneheaded, in my opinion, decisions that he made down the stretch to call the Orioles to play. It was really frustrating. This year... To this point, he has been well, uh, well more good than bad. Yeah, agreed. Uh, you know, I I think he's had a very very nice agreed. season. What do you want to do? Um, let's take a break because we have to figure out take to rake. Okay. So we're gonna take our 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 um final break, 
And then when we come back in, we'll do baseball banter. We're going to go over our, our preseason predictions and see how they've panned out to this point. And then we'll do take the rake, but i got to figure it out in this break. Uh, I want to remind you, the latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka dives into what's next for Lamar Jackson after receiving one of the biggest contracts in football history. Is he ready to take the Ravens to the next level with a new offensive coordinator and new wide receivers? Also inside, we look at new football coaches Brian Newberry and Pete Shinnick uh, and what they bring to Navy and Towson, respectively. And we meet players from the college football and soccer programs around the state. Pressbox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. When we come back in, baseball banter and take to rake. That's next on the Battle Round. America's biggest bike race returns to Maryland Sunday, September 3rd as 120 of the world's best cyclists race the Maryland Cycling Classic presented by United Healthcare. Come enjoy the free fan zones and festival with interactives, food, and drink beginning at noon. Then see the exciting race conclusion from 3 to 5 p.m. in the Inner Harbor. Come be loud, be proud, and let the world hear you. For more information, go to MarylandCyclingClassic.us. Catch that festival feeling in Charm City. Everywhere you go, you'll find exciting entertainment, delicious eats, and endless summertime fun. Cheer on the O's at Camden Yards, pick crabs by the waterfront, beat the heat inside a world-class museum, and make memories that will last a lifetime. Go to Baltimore.org for more information and to plan your visit. Maryland drivers, did you know you can save up to 77% on tolls with an Easy Pass Maryland discount plan? That's right, 77%. It's never been easy. Pick the plan that's right for you at driveezmd.com. We'll keep you moving. The Maryland Five Star returns to iconic Fair Hill October 19th to 22nd, marking the next chapter in Maryland's equestrian tradition. Best described as the triathlon of horse eventing, you won't want to miss this thrilling sport. Enjoy a fall festival with local fair, retail vendors, and tons of family fun. Come for the event and stay for the experience in Cecil County, home to the Chesapeake Bay waterfront with vibrant small towns and accommodations to suit every desire. It's the place to be in October. Visit Maryland5star.us for tickets. Another exciting weekend of affordable family fun at Prince George's Stadium with the Bowie Bay Sox. Last weekend of the regular season kicks off on Friday the 8th with Adley Rutschman Night. Mystery Adley Rutschman giveaway items for the first 750 fans. Fireworks on Saturday with the return of our 1K beer run. See how fast you can complete the race while getting three beers down. And our Birdland celebration on Sunday. Free autograph items for the first 1,000 fans. Get your tickets now by calling 301-805-6000 or anytime online at baysox.com. The Bowie Bay Sox. Let us be your nine-inning vacation. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world at royal farms breakfast is available day and night it's the freshest breakfast in the world real fresh real fast royal farms it's a maryland thing you wouldn't understand where the waves meet the shore you will find dorchester county hi this is jimmy charles when i think of maryland i think dorchester county on the eastern shore where it's open 
for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka dives into what's next for Lamar Jackson after receiving one of the biggest contracts in football history. Is Lamar ready to take the Ravens to the next level, now with a new offensive coordinator and new wide receivers? Also inside, we look at what new football coaches Brian Newberry and Pete Shinnick bring to Navy and Towson, respectively. And we meet players from the college football and soccer programs around the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Welcome back into the bat around rolling right along here on the show today. We now have a segment since we didn't, we didn't uh, book a guest for this week. And that was, I mean, we, I tried, I wanted to get Connor Newcomb on here because he was carrying water for Kyle Gibson last week um, during his terrible, terrible start. And I'm not, I'm not hating on um, Connor. I just wanted, wanted to have greater insight into his opinion. I wanted to have him on to talk to discuss it because he and I had a very differing opinions on that. Um, but because and then I tried to get John Mioli, and when John couldn't do it because he was in Connecticut with the family, I uh, decided that I was just going to uh, you know have just a Zachary Allen Goodman show with 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 PV three. Yeah, and here we are. All right, so a baseball banner. Our preseason uh, predictions revisited. We're gonna start with the standings. My ALE standings. I predicted was gonna be the Yankees, Toronto, Baltimore, Tampa Bay, and Boston. Now the caveat here is I said, and I remember saying this on the show, that the Yankees, because I thought that their that their offense could be good enough, and I thought their rotation yeah. was maybe the best in the division, maybe the best in the American League. I put them there, but I also said. This team has a lot of guys who have a lot of injury history, and if they get hurt, yeah. they, they, they're not going to have a good year. What happened? They got hurt, and yeah. now they suck. <laughs> That's one way to put it. Yeah, I, I, I looked at Garrett Cole and, and the number of I mean, Aaron Judge. And Nestor Cortez, who was Judge a better pitcher back. than Cole last Nestor year. Cortez. I mean, they, the, they signed Rodon, the, who's had seven starts and right. been terrible. I, I figured Jason Dominguez would be up earlier than he is. and Domingo Herman. Th- right. Th- things looked good for them. And they're the New York Yankees. They've had winning records forever. It's not... They're really hard to bet against. So I had them in first place as well. Then the Blue Jays, Rays, Orioles, Red Sox. I was dead wrong, um, except for the Red Sox being in last place. Well, no, you are wrong because the Yankees are in last place. Oh, that's true. That Absolutely correct. The Yankees are in last place. And Tampa uh, Bay is in second place, and somehow th- a game and a half yeah. out. I, I thought I, I believe I said that the Blue Jays and the Rays would be really close, and that's not all that far off. But the Rays are quite a bit better. They're like and eight games better. Yeah. yeah, they're eight games better. But there's been points in the season where I feel like the Blue Jays should have played a lot better than they did, yeah, the, and the, they've underperformed the entire season. I mean, we're, we'll get to more. Gu- of Guerrero that didn't have quite the season everyone expected. No, he's. I, I think O'Hearn has a higher WAR than Guerrero wow. does. That's interesting. Um, and you look at it, Orioles lead Tampa Bay by a game and a half. The Yankees are in last place and are under 500. You go to the AL Central. I pick Cleveland, Chicago, Kansas City, Minnesota, and Detroit. Minnesota leads Cleveland by five games. Kansas City's in last place, and the White Sox are in fourth to the worst teams in baseball. I had Guardians, Twins, Sox, Royals, Tigers. Uh, nobody's really been good. That's, yeah. that's the moral of the story for yeah, this division. It's, it's nobody's division, been good. Nobody wants it. 
Uh, AL West, I had Houston, Angels, Seattle, Texas, Oakland. I thought that the Angels did enough in the offseason. Trout healthy, Otani, Rendon healthy. I was like, this team's going to be Chris gonna Davis, be something. Rendon. And um, sure enough, you have Seattle and Houston tied atop the division. The Angels are in fourth place, and they're in complete shambles. Texas is in third place, but they've played terribly recently. They had like yeah. a recent eight or nine game losing streak. They have been awful recently, which is shocking because of all the money they spent, all the guys that they brought yeah. in. They'll get hot down the stretch here, I have to imagine. But Jacob deGrom, I mean, that's the big loss, and, yeah. and we're going to talk about him in a second because I, I made a somewhat bad prediction. But that's the exact standings I have or the place they're in right now. Uh, that you, you thought Seattle would be in first place? Oh, I thought they were tied with the Astros Yeah, right you, you, I, I have Astros, Mariners, uh, Rangers, Angels, A's. Gotcha. That's what I have. Uh, in the NL East, I had the Mets, the Braves, the Phillies, the the Marlins, and Washington. Same. Um, I had the Mets beating the Astros in, four, in six games in the World Series. Well, you have Atlanta, Philadelphia, Miami, the Mets, Washington. Philadelphia, to not think that they were going to come back and and I to not think they were going to come back this year and when they got healthy, you're not paying attention. This team is doing exactly what they did last year. Bryce Harper hit what 11, 10, 11 home runs in August. His power is fully back. Trey Turner is fully back. Kyle Schwarber can't hit the broad side of the barn, but when no. he does, it's a home run. Yeah. Um, this team, they hit, they pitch. They're going to be a really tough out in the playoffs, and they're making it. They're going to be the the second wild card, the first wild card team. They're making the playoffs. They they they're really good. Yeah, this this division's odd. The Nats better than expected. I think. I mean, they're yeah. in the mid sixties. They're going to get to over seventy wins. Way better than I thought they'd be. Uh, a lot of young talent. They might be better than uh, a few other teams in this division in just a few years. I mean, it's, it's plausible to say that. The Marlins, better than I expected as well. I think they've been okay. I thought the Marlins were going to be decent this year. I remember doing a write-up about really? them. Really? I, I didn't. And saying, if you look at their rotation... It was really good. Their rotation looks really good. And they have enough guys in their lineup to, to put the bat on the ball by adding a rise, by adding Gurriel, Jorge Soler. I, I, I looked at those guys and I was like, they're not going to win the division... But they could be sneaky good. I mean, they they were in first place for yeah. a little bit, not long, and then the Braves became yeah. the Braves. It was very early in the season. But the Marlins, probably, in my opinion, I guess a little better than I expected. You a little worse than you expected. They're still in the wild card hunt. They are. They're in the wild card hunt. They face off against the Nats today. They have a, a chance to to really take that series and gain some ground. So I, it's possible. Uh, the Mets way worse than anyone could have ever expected. Yeah. They trade off everyone. It's just it's yeah. It's, it's uh, New York Mets baseball. New owner be damned. It's the and Mets. Billy Epler, the former uh, Angels GM. So yeah. running it all uh, again. It's it, it, the Braves just own this division. They're probably going to own it for the next five years. Yeah, they're just unbelievable. Yeah. unbelievable they, they, they locked up all their young talent, and they're, they're going to be there for the foreseeable future. <clears throat> Orioles do the same. Um, you go to NL Central. I had St. Louis. Chicago, Milwaukee, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. You look at the actual standings: Milwaukee, Chicago, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, St. Louis. Um, St. Louis is the biggest travesty in baseball next to the Angels, I have Definitely. to think. That team is so has so much talent and they've been so bad this year. I cannot envision a scenario in which the entire the entire uh, coaching staff is not fired this offseason. You would have to think so. Although it's a new manager though, correct? It's a I believe it's just a first year or second year manager. Yeah, I I, I think I picked him in, in Ali Marmel, I believe his yeah, name is. Yeah, I think I picked him to be National League Manager of the Year and I was way off. Um they've been Awful. They just have, absolutely. They, they, they've awful. been really, really. And Adam bad. Wainwright. I mean, he's got to be retired. I think yeah, he is retiring at the end of the year. He this bad swan song 
for him. Really yeah. bad swan song. And then you go out to the national. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you say I had Cardinals, Brewers, Cubs, Pirates, Reds? Way off on the Reds. Not yeah. even close. Everybody, uh, everybody was. Yeah, and the Brewers. I guess I I didn't really think they were going to be very good. They they're are better, every year. Somehow. They're better than expected. And even though some guys have kind of underperformed, they've been better than expected. They're always a pretty complete team. I still think the Cubs are the class of that division right now. They've gotten so hot yeah. recently. I think the Cubs are the best the best team in that that division right yeah. now. Then you go to the West. I had San Diego, the Dodgers, the Giants, the the um, the Cardinals, the um, Arizona Diamondbacks, and the Colorado Rockies. I had the San same. Dodgers, Arizona, San Francisco, um, San Diego, Colorado. San Diego, we talked about earlier in the show, 10 games under 500. Arizona and San Francisco are tied for that third and final wild card spot. The Dodgers are the Dodgers. And we talked about the beginning of the year that, you know, they didn't do anything about the left side of their infield. And they, they uh, Stan had them, like, ranked 15th in his power rankings to start the year. I said they're starting rotation. They've got Mookie Betts. They've got Freddie Freeman. This is still a really good team. Yeah. They're, 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 they're proving it. They're I, one of the best teams in baseball. I think just to put in perspective how bad the Padres are, they have one more win than Washington. Yeah. One more. It's insane. And you look at that and you go, okay, the Nationals traded them Juan Soto last year, and then, you know, it's really been all downhill from there for the Padres. They haven't been good since that trade. And yeah. what happened was uh, even Soto's had a resurgence. They've just been really bad. They've been yeah. really bad. And, and again, the Nats have been Took a lot better. Took two or three from the expected, Orioles be fair, because but. they have... I don't. It does not make sense to me that their lineup is what it is. Their starting rotation is Blake what Snell it is. Blake Snell being one of the best starters in the in the entire major league. Snell and Darvish, yeah, Musgrove. It's, it's unbelievable. Um, and who's the other guy? Michael Waka. They've Michael been Waka. so damn good in their rotation. How are yeah. you ten games under five hundred? It doesn't make know. any sense to me. I'm angry. Um, <laughs> now we're gonna go to the awards. Uh, MVP in the American League. I had my three. Um, my top three was Shohei Otani, Mike Trout, Adley Rutschman. Shohei Otani's likely to win. I have, I, I can't think of anybody else who's going to win over him. But the fact that he's not pitching now probably is a bit of a knock against him. But I think he's done enough to this point, and he's probably going to finish the year leading the majors in home runs. Unless uh, he and Matt Olson are like neck and neck. Um, he's got to win the MVP, right? I would think so. Who else is going to do it? I. It has to be him. Yeah, it has to be him. I, I don't think there's anyone else in that in that stratosphere. Yeah, so it, it, I mean, Matt Olson said a lot of home runs, but I I don't know. Yeah, my, but they're in two different leagues. Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. Um, that's, my, that's that's what you call a brain aneurysm on, yeah. on brain live radio. Aneurysm. <laughs> I, a, little, a little Jack I don't know Black. Why, I I can never remember that Matt Olson is in the in National League now. Yeah, can you play for always now he's with American with, yeah. with the um Braves. Uh, Mike Trout has played like forty seven games this year. Yeah. Um, I, Adley Rutschman, he's been good, not MVP level. Not MVP. Like no, he, no. I mean, the, and the uh, way he started the year, yeah. I was feeling really good about it. But he's since about the middle to end of May, it's been okay. Offensively, I think that. I mean, he, he gets on base. He has but really it's not good that at high. It's only been like three thirty. I think the OBP is right now. And it's, it's, his OBP is like three sixty seven. Is it really? Yeah. It's going into that series. He was like uh, uh, at some point in the White Sox series. He said at least three sixty seven. Oh, right. OBP I'm, is seventh in the American League. I think he's tops among catchers. Yeah, you're right. It's a 365 right now. I, I, again, my facts are off. Yeah, but, uh, but it, it, he's hitting 273 and he's hit 16 home runs. There's a lot to like there, but it hasn't been MVP level. Yeah, you, you, not and, up there. And again, it's his first full season. He's only going to get better. Yeah. Um, I think that I, and he's been really good. He's yeah. been really good. Yeah. He's just not 
MVP level. Sure. I anointed him po- potentially, probably a little too early. I know what I saw. I was I was thinking of a stat since the All Star break. the The on base percentage has been around three twenty three. I think is a yeah. stat someone posted online because they were comparing him to James McCann. And the the on base percentage for James McCann lately has been quite good. I mean, somebody tried to say that James McCann should be the starting catcher over Adley. Oh boy, right now, and you're an idiot. That's not a conversation we're gonna, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna you're, have. You're, it was the same <laughs> guy who crapped on me, the Tyler Sperry guy. I saw. Oh, that guy. Nice. Yeah. Um, he's an idiot. Um. What else was I going to say? Nothing. Um, in the National League, I didn't. Uh, my MVP was actually going to oh, yeah. be. Uh, it was going to be Shohei and Machado. So, yeah. not. Well, I didn't. I didn't talk about my um, National League MVP yet. Um, Obviously, I, I'm just going. Okay, sorry. I have it listed in a different way than you. I had Trey Turner, Juan Soto, Paul Goldschmidt. Trey Turner's had a resurgence okay. the last month or so, but yeah, he, has. He, he hasn't played at an MVP level, and certainly not for the um, contract he got. And Juan Soto, if if his team was in first place, maybe you'd be talking about that. Paul yeah. Goldschmidt, I'm not sure what type of season Goldschmidt's had. Um, I, I think it's been good, but not MVP level. Yeah, let me uh, let me let me look it up real quick. Uh, you type in gold, and he's the first guy that pops up. I mean, he's hitting 276, 22 homers, uh, 10 stolen bases. He's got a 365 on base percentage, 125 OPS plus. Good, not MVP like he was yeah. last year. It's yeah. it's it's been a good Paul Goldschmidt season, but he has sure aside from Arenado, there's nobody else in that lineup. And Manny Machado, him. we we touched on the Padres struggles. He's batting, uh, he's slashing right now 247 and 312, 448, 761 OPS. 111 OPS plus. It's 2017 Manny Machado. Not great. Yeah, M- Machado great. had blew up in July and August in 2017. Had yeah. a gr- carried the team offensively, yeah. but aside from that, he was a league. And last year, to be fair, he probably should have won MVP. He was he right up there. He and, was and, really, really. And good. And look, I, I don't think that you can discount the fact that Machado signed an 11 year um, contract extension. Yeah. This year, and. Maybe because of all the turmoil around that, him saying, yeah. like, you know, I'm playing for the Padres now. I don't know if I'm going to be in the future, blah, blah, blah. There's probably a little bit of that weighing on him. Probably. And there was yeah. a whole opt-out situation, where he, that, and that's why they, they redid the contract yeah. 11 years and got it all. But I probably not my best pick because we probably should have seen this coming with Manny. He's, you I, know, after last year, probably due for a down year. He, he'll bounce back in a he big will. way next he will. year. I, I have no doubts about that. Now, um. What what MVP is going to come down to is Freeman and Acuna. Yeah, and Freddie 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 Freeman is on pace to become the first player since 1936 to have a 60 double season. He's hitting well over 330. He's yeah. he's he is absolutely insane. And he's a Gold Glove defender at first base. He, he's absolutely yeah. insane as a overall baseball player. He's unreal. Ronald Acuna Jr. Maybe he's just that much, just a yeah. little bit better. I mean, the the right around the same batting average, right around the same OPS. Um, he's got the 30 homers. I think he's got a little more power than Freeman right now. Yeah, and but he's sixty three stolen bases. It's it's a new record. It's uh, yeah. Acuna's the best player in the world right now. Yeah, I, it may, I mean, now that Otani's not pitching, I, I think it's fair to say that. Yeah, he's um, it's going to come down to Freeman and Acuna. Yeah. They're, they're the two best teams in the National League. Whoever wins, you can't have a gripe. You can't have a gripe. They're going to finish one two in MVP voting. Yeah, and whoever wins, um. Yep, is is well deserving. Totally agree. Um, then you go to the Cy Young in the American League. I had Jacob Degrom, Shane McClanahan, Alec Manoa. Uh, Degrom, Tommy John surgery. Shane McClanahan, Tommy John surgery. Alec <laughs> Manoa demoted twice. Um, I think it's probably Garrett Cole by default. It's going to be Garrett Cole, and, and Kyle Bradish is right up there numbers wise, but he's not going to get the recognition because he's, he's Kyle Bradish and he's not a well known commodity around the league like Garrett Cole. But is. he will be though. Yeah, he will be eventually. I think, and, and the guy, the people that are the important people, like in in on MLB Network, they're paying. Oh, attention. they know. They, they know. know. They know. Garrett Cole though is just 
you know, Garrett Cole, for, former number one overall pick. He's got the $300 million to play with the Yankees. I mean, he's just going to oh, get he, that publicity that I don't think Kyle Bradish will ever be able to get look, because he's Garrett Cole. Nobody else has, has taken a hold of this thing, and he's an ace. Yeah. He, he is an ace. He, he's as, a you, true you, ace. You can like or dislike uh, Garrett Cole as much as you want. You can't deny that it's there, really, there, there's really nobody else aside from Kyle Brash who can contend with him right and now. And it's impossible to pitch in New York. Like yeah. You saw Randy Johnson would happen to him. There's things that happen to guys. They feel the pressure. They start to feel the spotlight. It's a small stadium. It's a really small I mean, stadium. You've, you've and what, he's pitched unbelievably you've well. You've seen what's happened to Giancarlo Stanton if yeah. you look at it from the offensive standpoint. He's become a non-factor. Yeah. I mean, every now and again, he'll hit a home run 118 miles an hour <laughs> off the bat, but yeah. otherwise he's hitting yeah. 199. Um, National League, I, I have Spencer Strider, Justin Verlander, and Max Scherzer. Um, look, Strider, he's got a 356 ERA, but he's National League leader, in, the Major League leader in wins with 16, and he's National League leader in Ks with 245. Major League leader in Ks, 245. Yeah. He could win the ERA, makes me think that it might not be him. Blake Snell is the MLB leader in ERA. He's second in the National League in Ks, but he also leads the majors in walks, and he doesn't have nearly the innings pitched yeah. that Strider does. I think it might come down to those two guys. Justin Verlander traded to the American League. Max Scherzer traded to the American yep. League, so they're out. Um, Scherzer was my pick for the NL, by the way. Yeah. Um, I remember we talked about this. I have mine formatted really differently than yours, so that's yeah. why this is all a little bit odd and off. Uh, but Max Scherzer was my guy as well, and obviously, just like Jacob deGrom, uh, well, Jacob deGrom certainly did not have as successful season, but now he's been traded and things didn't exactly go the way Max Scherzer expected this season. Yeah. Uh, rookie of the Year in the American League, I, I picked Gunnar Henderson. He's going to win. Um, and I had Grayson Rodriguez and Tristan Casas. I think Rodriguez could get votes um, if he continues to pitch the way he has since he came back in July. Um, Josh Young, Josh Young getting hurt, um, that 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 ended it for him. But no doubt. Who, who you I had Yoshida, uh, who's had a good season by yeah. all means, but not he certainly hasn't been Gunnar Henderson. Yeah, not at all. Um, National League, I picked Corbin Carroll, Kodai Senga, and Jordan Same. Walker. Corbin Carroll's probably going to win. He's going to win. Kodai Senga's been really good. He um, has. I just think it's harder for pitchers. I yeah. think it's a little bit different, and especially being on the Mets as bad as they are. The Diamondbacks are seen as this upcoming new thing. They've got young guys. I think the the everyone's going to like that a little bit more, and he's going to win rookie yeah. of the year. Corbin Carroll, I think he's a shoe in um, Manager of the year. Who did you pick? Oh, you had the same guys that you picked. Manager of the year, I um, in the American League, I picked... Matt Cartaro for the Royals, Dusty Baker for the Astros, Terry Francona for the Guardians. I fully believe Brandon Hyde's going to win. Yes, he will win. There's almost no question about it. Yeah, he, uh, who, who did you pick? I had John Schneider in the American League. Ugh, so, uh, the Blue Jays. Not great. Um, well, the Blue Jays were also... I'll, I'll save that for a second later. Uh, National League, I had Bob Melvin for the Padres, Buck Showalter for the Mets, Oliver Marmol yeah. for the Cardinals. I think Dave Roberts is winning it. Dave Roberts would probably win it. Uh, I, I had Buck as my winner. And Who's the manager of the Braves? He might win it, too. What is this? Who is the manager of the Braves? I can't even remember. I, I, I'm not sure either. Uh, but you look at Buck, and he's probably never going to manage again, unfortunately. He's, no, I think I, he's going to get next year. You think so? I, they were talking about it on the radio. I think he's going to get next year. Okay. Um, but if it, if things go south it's again Snicker, next year. It's Snicker, by the way, isn't it? Snicker, yes. Snicker. That's it. That's it. Uh, comeback player of the year. In the American League, I took Anthony Rendon and Jacob deGrom. Rendon, 43 games, 60-day IL. Jacob deGrom, six starts, Tommy John surgery. I was way off. I have no idea who the comeback player of the year is going to be in the American League. I, I, I don't know either. Um, that's really even hard to think about. These predictions are always tough. I had Chris Sale as my American League guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, four seven five ERA through fifteen games. Uh, things didn't again. Things didn't really go the way Chris Sale probably would have wanted yeah. this year. Not then, not a comeback player of the year. National League. I had Cody Bellinger and Wade Miley. Bellinger's winning. 
He's winning, and he's getting the bag this offseason. 100% Bellinger's winning that. I had another very poor pick. Tatis was my pick as comeback oh. player well, of the year. I mean, he's had a good year. He's had a good year. I just don't think Yelich has had a really good year, too. Yelich has, you know, has really turned it around to not what he was at MVP level, which you know he was just a few years ago, but he's been really good. He's been really good. All right. And um, that's it. That's all. That's, that's what we got. That's what we got. All right. Uh, moving on to take to rake. Uh, Zach, you took Gunnar Henderson this past week. He slashed 304, 385, 391 with a 776 um, on okay. base per, uh, OPS. Excuse me. Uh, seven hits in 23. It bats two doubles, three walks, no RBIs, no home runs, three strikeouts. I took Anthony Santander, 360, 385, 720, 1105 OPS, nine for 25, three doubles, two home runs, 10 RBIs. Um, and then Ken Wyman took Adley Rutschman, 191, 261, yeah. 191, 451 OPS, 4 for 21, uh, no extra base hits, 1 RBI, 1 walk, 5 strikeouts. I won. Yeah. Anthony Santander um, is the guy. And this week I'm going to keep it simple. I'm going to take Gunnar Henderson. Okay. He, he, he's got to be the guy for me. Who you got? I'm going Ryan O'Hearn. I think he, after two hits last night, two impactful hits, I think he's going to get hot. O'Hearn hit 350 over the last week. With yeah. a 350 on base percentage, which means he didn't walk. Yeah. Um, but he's been he's back up above 300 again hitting. He's he's um He's been a really good the, player. The path to victory for me is always harder with O'Hearn, though, because he just doesn't play every day. Yeah. And, but now with Malcastle being under the weather, maybe that allows him to play an extra game. Yeah. That could be the case. So yeah. that'd be good for me. Um. Do you have any final thoughts? I don't have any final thoughts. I, I do think uh, I have a Ravens final thought. I don't know if you want to go there. But, uh, you know, on the Orioles specifically, I think Kyle Gibson's got to get right. I think that's one of the most significant things that's going to have to happen. He's been, you know, nine earned runs just a couple games ago, seven earned runs just a couple games ago. These things just have not been great for him lately. So I, I think Kyle Gibson's got to get right if they want to keep pushing in, this, in, this, in September. I agree. I agree. Um, really think that the Orioles rotation could use a... A bit of a of a kickstart uh, again. Bradish, Kramer, Grayson, really good. I'd love to see John Means come up and be a difference maker down the stretch. I think the bullpen's in the position to be really, really good the rest of the way. Want to see the offense get a little bit better, uh, and I want to see. I'm wondering if Colton Kowser is going to get a start tonight. And, I, I would think so. And if he plays, I want to see how he does his second time around. He didn't hit very well down in Norfolk. His batting no. average dropped 20 points while yeah. he was down there. Um, but we'll see, man. Sometimes you just need a, a little bit of a break, and you come back up like Grayson did, and maybe he comes up and shoves. We'll see. Uh, other than that, no final thoughts. We'll save our Ravens' final thoughts for next Saturday because it'll be the day before their first game of the season. Thank you to Stan the Fan Charles for his weekly segment. Really good today with Stan. Um, thank you to all of our sponsors. Without you, we don't have a show. Thank you to all of our fans. Without you, we certainly don't have a show. Thank you to Zach Goodman for all of the great work that he does week in and week out on the better, especially traveling from D.C. where he lives with his girlfriend while he's going to grad oh, school. I, I was, I was and, coming and, from... And, uh, and being an intern in the U.S. Senate. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, I don't know if you wanted that on the air, but yeah, I said okay. it. Um, uh, proud of you, man. You're doing big things in life, Appreciate man. It. I, you, you got a moving really, up. really bright future. So, um, all right, guys. See you next week. Uh, we'll be talking Orioles. We'll be talking Ravens. And it's just going to be a really great weekend for Baltimore sports. Until next week, see ya.